0: Now, three, two, one, go! What's up, everybody? This is episode eighty-six of Cool Down Time. In this episode, we're sharing our thoughts on the winners. Losers and Trailers from the Game Awards, plus the Callisto Protocol, Phil Spencer's latest Call of Duty drama, and much, much more. So let's introduce your two-man panel for the show. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me is the technical mess of the show, Pablo. Pablo, how the hell are you doing?
1: Yeah, it's, uh I feel like every time I get on here, I'm, I'm complaining about something, uh, <laughs> but it's kind of true more complaints I'm, I'm in the middle of moving so okay. that's fun everybody who's moved knows that that's a blasty blast good times uh mm-hmm. yep yeah. and then uh, my son is in daycare and he keeps getting sick for five seconds and then just transferring it over to me and then i'm sick for like a week mm. uh because that's how immune systems work yeah uh but yeah but everything else is fine it's actually it's giving me the ability to kind of stay at home uh pack you know mm-hmm. take my time with it and play games i've beat games like i've beat i'm beating games at all time i beating clip. no
0: damn games y'all
1: <laughs> yeah so uh so that's a, that's uh that's, that's impressive and i'm probably is. honestly if i'm not lying to myself an hour away from finishing um Xenoblade Chronicles 3 I looked at him I was like how f- much more because this shit just keeps going but <laughs> I'm there in the, I'm, I'm right there so I'm happy to report that I'll have that ready to go as well game end of the year conversations are coming yes I, I always tell Marco I always pull it through but it I admit this year was kind of like oh man I don't know.
0: he puts me <laughs> through it every little, year y'all I try to yeah. keep him on track I try to uh, uh, every couple months we'll have the yo what about this game yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. well, you know, I play that at work. Oh, what about this game?
1: Oh, well, um,
0: yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. I, I try to I remind mean, them. I,
1: I think it's a good way of uh, for my top 10 games of the year list. It works in that if I don't go back to the game because I'm enthralled or, or other games have my attention, then that has a lot to say about that game, mm-hmm. but you know there are moments there are times where i actually have to go back and i'm like oh shit this game is actually fucking great uh but uh, but this shit wasn't like that i, I think yeah. everything that i have played and i've committed to are games that i really want to complete uh and uh anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that down the line but yeah, yeah man sure. let's get started on this game award stuff it was uh, it was fun
0: it sure was it was a lot of uh a lot of interesting things happened before we get started i want to say that bill clinton is uh <laughs> apparently he is a reformed a rabbi, reformed. according to <laughs> uh the kind sir that 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 invaded Elden Ring's uh yeah. you know, award ceremony. So this this is dedicated to Bill Clinton. This episode is for you, yeah. Bill. Uh um, I
1: look forward to next year uh Jeff Keeley bringing that kid up on stage and Yeah, he'll present an award because... now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the Rabbi Award or something like that. I don't know what he's gonna do. <laughs> um but we do have a lot of stuff to get into in this episode. Uh so um, hope you enjoy it. If you do, please be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss out on future episodes and future end-of-year coverage, including Game of the Year deliberations coming very soon. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and our official website at cooldowntime.com. And if you're feeling extra cool, Follow us on IG, Twitter, or even Hive when it's working at It's cooldown Time to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. So without further ado, let's jump into the first segment of the show dedicated to the games that we've been playing since you last heard from us. And we call that Loadouts. Let's go.
1: All systems nominal.
0: Loadouts ready. All right, homie. So once again, we have a fairly eclectic list of games to talk about. Um, We didn't do loadouts last week, so we kind of took a break on that. We're coming back now to kind of get caught up a little bit on what we've been up to on the loadout front. Uh, And one of those games that we've both been playing uh, is the Callisto Protocol. Now, Pablo, it's pretty safe to say that the Callisto Protocol has not exactly been the darling of the industry. Uh, Its reviews, I think it's currently at a 73 or something like that, maybe even lower (sighs) by now. I'm not sure, but uh, not reviewed the best um critical consensus is that it's got some problems in various different areas but uh both you and i took the plunge anyway decided to give 71. it a shot 71 is crazy hoes um that's crazy all them hoes are crazy um let's talk about it though pablo we both got a chance to actually beat the game so this is more yeah. almost like a review of the callisto protocol so I want to kick it over to you first. You know, when you think about a lot of the conversations, the discourse happening about the Callisto Protocol and comparing that with your experience, what are some of the things that uh, come to mind for you?
1: Yeah, I I think one of the things that I thought was weird is the constant and consistent comparison to how this game should have been closer to Dead Space.
0: I would agree, Um, yeah.
1: And and, and I, I think that the game definitely, obviously, made by uh, the person who... Um, his name escapes me, but... Uh, that create Yeah, uh, Schofield, that created Dead Space. So there is the vibe yeah. of Dead Space, for sure. But he did something different. There's a concentration here on melee, a concentration here on action that is not prevalent in the Dead Space games. And I, I just find that super weird, how you would take a game that isn't... That isn't dead space, and then be mad about the fact that it's not dead space. It's it's a super weird approach to reviewing games. Uh, and if you look through these through these reviews, a lot of those complaints that are coming out of those reviews are kind of grounded in that uh, mindset, which is super weird to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that yeah, I think when you go through the re- reviews, there are a lot of truths to the reviews. I, I think that the game for me it was on the cusp of being <clears throat> sorry being special uh it is a good game it's even a great game at times there are things that kind of hold it back a little bit uh, yeah but ultimately I, I i don't feel like the 71 on open critic and, and the constant braiding of the games getting online makes a lot of sense to me i think atmospheric Callisto protocol is among the best games to do that i think you you feel that's operating for me it's operating at 100 like the, the world building everything around it all that stuff is really interesting to me um the story is fine, but it ramps up towards the end it to does. the point where right. it gets really interesting. You do some really interesting stuff with the ending of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm really glad that I played the game. I'm glad that I beat it. It is going to probably make my top 10 games of the year. Probably on the lower end, because there's a lot of good games this year, but I think it might make it. It's just a good time to play. It's fun. Uh, I think that uh, the combat... I understand the complaints about the combat to an extent, but I loved it. I, I, I think that the the melee aspect, the, the, the blocking with the sick going left and right and the dodging. Uh, and yeah. The dodging. Mm-hmm. I thought that worked fine. I it was a little bit um BS in that all you had to do is hold it and, and either way and it, it would kind of do that. So it was a little limiting in that way. But a lot of things I read were like, it was challenging. It's not really challenging in that way. It's just, you have to kind of understand what the game is trying to do and then do that. I think a big, I think a more valid complaint would be that it's limiting, that it's not very in depth. The melee is only really just go left or right on the blocking and then just swing your, your stick. You know, you you do unlock a powerful swing if you want to with the art, with the RB uh, button, but uh, ultimately, I think that th- that left a little bit to be desired, but it was a really good time to play. The gunplay was fine as well. I thought it worked really well when when y- you can play your own style, get the guns that you wanted to get, and and kind of upgrade those things and and use them. I I, I think you used the riot, which is the shotgun and the and the handgun that that mm, that was uh, a yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, ultimately at the end of it I ended up using the AR the most once I got it which is still towards the end of the game. I think that's like a super powerful weapon, a little OP even when you when you start to upgrade it. And so you, there's definitely ways to kind of shape the gameplay to to you. Um but yeah, man, I I I really really enjoyed it. I I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the the expectations that was set and then me playing the game and realizing that the game is nowhere near a 75 even as when it first was out i think it's like it's like a quintessential 80 like a a 8.0 out of 10 that's kind of how i feel Mm. about the game um but i i yeah i I don't know if it was that and then we played him like oh but this game looks way too beautiful this game looks the the story and that voice acting is way too is way too good for for it to get bashed the way it's been getting bashed i will say and this is and this is not really... I mean, it is definitely their fault, but this is because I played on Xbox, and I, I was forewarned before even that maybe PlayStation 5 is the best play to play it. I did run into some technical issues, mm. but even when I ran into some technical issues, some egregious ones, like I couldn't proceed, like go forward, had to go back into a, a, to a loading thing. I still went back, and I still managed a way to, to get through that because I was that enthralled and that into the game to actually want to finish it. It wasn't yeah. like one of those things where, oh, fuck it. I can't proceed. I'm done with this game. Mm-hmm. No, no. I was... I was desperately looking for a solution because I was desperate to get back to the game. So yeah. that's that's a that's a that's a testament to the quality of the game for me.
0: So I mean, yeah, that's I mean I said. how about uh, I you? I mean, Martin? I guess the PC community mm-hmm. probably got the shittiest end of the stick by far. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, So I do empathize with with that group of people. It, it is it is very unfortunate for that uh, community to have had that kind of poorly optimized game. So I understand yes. their frustration. Um, but, but most games these days do have technical issues and I'm not trying to hand wave that off just because I enjoyed the Callisto protocol too. Cause I did. Um, I just think that, um, some crimes are more egregious than others, you know, and yeah, to yeah. me, you know, I think on the console side, other than some hitches here and there, it was okay. Um, I want to circle back to what you started talking about in the beginning of your little soliloquy. Uh, and that was <laughs> dead space, right? Cause I, I have a very strong opinion against anyone that says something to the effect of well you know dead space comparisons are inevitable um i I, i'm maybe even we said that at one point on the show but after playing after playing this game i have to say or especially reading the reviews i feel like people were way too obsessed with the dead space comparisons to your point it either was not dead spacey enough or it was too much like dead space like there was no there was no winning i think in in my opinion from what i've seen are there similarities because of glenn schofield's lineage with dead space Absolutely. absolutely but i think people tried in my opinion to play this game like it was dead space Oh, you mean it's more melee focused than it is like this? Oh, you mean exploration feels more like this than that? Like it felt like a constant like and I, I I was in a lot of like Reddit threads and message board posts trying to get a feel for like what Dead Space fans were exactly having problems with. And it felt like they were constantly getting punched in the mouth, metaphorically speaking, by the reality of this is not like Dead Space the way that I thought it was. I think people really wanted yeah dead space, but with a different name. And when they got something else, I think people really didn't know how to take to that. Now, the technical side of things, the performance problems, whatever those issues were for people, I, again, like I said, I sympathize with that. And I understand how that may affect a score or a, or an opinion about the game. But I think the game itself was fantastic. I think it was other than some issues with balancing and difficulty spikes here and there.
1: Oh my god, yeah. There
0: were a few of those instances, I won't lie. But I think that from visuals, which are probably the most impressive I've seen this year, um, to the overall atmosphere, to the pacing, and not making this game longer than it needed to be. does It, it does respect your time, and it didn't feel like it ended abruptly either for me. It felt like uh, it was no, done no, no, no. when I was ready to kind of be done with it. Um, yeah. I thought the 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 combat was fine to me. I don't know. It reminded me almost of like fight night back in the day with like kind of bobbing and weaving oh, yeah. out of punches and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't bother I, me. I, I, here's what I did. I read the tutorial and I don't think a lot yeah. of people did, man. I I actually wish that they went a little deeper with that. Like yeah. if,
1: and I know people would hate it, but I, I thought it it, be, it became less of a challenge to me. I'd be cool if like, if he throws the right, you block to the left. Yeah. If he throws the left, sure. you block to the left. And and they do a little more with that and they didn't do that, but I I have a sneaky suspicion that's because they didn't want to make it so complex because they felt that people were going to be, like, thrown off by the fact that this is probably really heavy. Yeah, yeah, I mean... And also, I think the main thing that I saw about Dead Space fans, because I'm a Dead Space fan, is that the game isn't really a horror game. It has horror. It is more action
0: horror, I guess. I don't know. That's
1: that's right. Yeah, it's more action it's somebody said this and I and I and I hate him for it because it's true, but I don't agree with the quality that if this was Dead Space, this would be rate uh, Resident Evil 6. Like uh, yeah, of Dead that's Space because harsh. it's that action, <laughs> but not I think they meant it in the action part of it. I how suppose. it's more actiony. But not the quality of RE6 because RE6 is dreadful. But yeah. I, I agree that if this was Dead Space, this would be the RE6 in terms of how it changed the the the, the
0: way you play the game. It's not really a horror Shoot. game; it's more of an action game. I could see. I guess I could see that. I think yeah. the reason why I liked the combat overall is because it made every enemy in that game formidable. You know how in horror uh-huh. games once you kind of get your your rhythm down, you, you kind of know what to expect. Even in like Resident Evils. After a while, you don't really get freaked out about seeing zombies anymore. They're just kind of wandering right. yeah. around. You know what to deal. You know how to deal with them. After a while, even with Mister X, you figure out his patterns, how to kind of evade him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it loses a little bit of that. Tipers like off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. This game constantly kept me on my toes. It made every encounter feel dangerous and i liked that i'm not gonna go as far as to say it's like the souls game of horror you know it's not it's not like it's not trying to be anything like that i just like the fact that they weren't afraid to make the game challenging though and that made even like the basic encounters like all right i can't Turn my brain off. I got to kind of lock in and figure out how to, you know, make this work because items are scarce, health is scarce. You have to be very careful with how you use your items. Are you going to sell them to try to upgrade your stuff? Do you want to keep them and use them? Like, there's a lot of of push pull like that. So you have to figure out, you know, through your encounters in combat, like, Okay. okay, how do I get through this without depleting myself of everything and then being really screwed later on that kind of that kind of inventory management and and scarcity i think got panned pretty hard as well in a lot of reviews but that's horror games to me you know i don't know maybe i'm old school enough to be used to that or to expect it but that didn't bother me whatsoever
1: you know it's funny that you mentioned the the dead souls thing uh, the dead souls thing because i wonder dark souls i really do Sorry, Dark Souls, uh, I really wonder, I said Dead Space and Dead Souls, and then I'm like, <laughs> no, that's right, Dead Souls, uh, Dark Souls, I really wonder if that was the intention, because the checkpoint system in this game is sometimes horrendous, yeah, I think they gotta fix it, that, it, yeah, I was like, okay, but Glenn Schofield said that that's on purpose, because there are certain action sp- spots that he doesn't want to put you in the middle of, B- bullshit, well, I don't care, I do think that maybe that was remnants of them trying to make a more of a yeah. dark soulsy kind of game. Who knows? Because yeah. those checkpoints are horrible sometimes. Yeah, they're r- like, they're, they're pretty rough. Like there are times I'm like, all right, I'm gonna now play not play this for the rest of the day because I'm like, fuck <laughs> this. But yeah, good game though, man. Yeah,
0: I agree. I think it was a good time, in my opinion, um, and I I think it will be in some categories uh, in our game of the year deliberations for sure. So if you ask us. Um, you know, on behalf of Pablo, I think I think we think a lot of people got this one kind of wrong. Some criticisms are valid, but I think overall this is a much better game than I think you've heard. So, um, absolutely, I wouldn't hesitate to try it out. You know, uh, but that's just us. Let's go ahead and move on, though, Pablo. We have other games to talk about. Why don't you give us a quick update on uh, the next game on your list?
1: Yeah, Pokemon Scarlet Violet. I'm playing Scarlet version. I beat that game. Um, I think a lot has been made about the big steps forward, Pokemon. Um, Scarlet and Violet have taken with its open world and structure mm-hmm. uh, but I think an even bigger step forward has been has been made with its storytelling. Uh, I you get the feeling that they tried. When you play other Pokemon games, the story is so, so fucking minimal and so basic yeah. that it's like, yeah, yeah this is here to, to kind of have the player move along, but doesn't really have anything. The, the Titan, there's, there's three storylines in, in the game. Uh, there's the, 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 the one, you know, the, the take getting the badges. Uh, there's a the Titan where there's a big Pokemon they have to fight. And then there's this uh, team star, which is you have to take down these bullies that have bases everywhere throughout the game. The Titan storyline specifically was well done. It's, it's well done. It subverse expectations with whatever you think is happening and something else happens at the end. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I've not been as emotional for a game since this part of the story in Pokemon SMV because I'm not going to spoil it, but it has something to do with like being a father and having a child and the thing that this person went through was caused by you know I, I don't want to go too much into it what but you're saying is I, what, I,
0: what you're saying is it's got a better story than God of War Ragnarok you said that just oh, now. I, verbatim <laughs> verbatim
1: I I I won't lie I, I I I there were parts in God of War Ragnarok where I was kind of <laughs> like oh man that's emotional but I literally I I could not see the screen because I had tears in my eyes and my wife was sitting in the corner <laughs> and I'm trying to be like ah. because it's like it, it just it really hit hard like it, it's something that as a parent, I wish to avoid. And so when that happened, I was like, oh man, this is so, and, and they did such a great job with it. Uh, I And the other storylines with, with the the team star and the bullies stuff, that is really well done as well. They, they really went out of their way to tell a story about not about bullying, but just kind of like the school systems and, and how those things were. They did a really fantastic job. I'm shocked with how good the story is. Um, I think the gym the gym uh, story is by far the, week, the the most cookie cutter of it all. But it it it, it doesn't really have to be because it had to be anything more because how everything else is rounded out in the other storylines. Um, now recency bias might be at play here, but I can't shake the feeling that I just probably played the best mainline Pokemon to Date, uh, you know, I'm not exactly the biggest Pokemon fan. I can't sit here and recite the different generations of Pokemon. I, I played, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, red and blue. I played that sure I played XY. I played Short and, uh, Short and Shield. Short and Shield. Uh, <laughs> Sword and Shield. Uh, I play a little, I play a lot of Arceus this year. Uh, but in, t- in terms of mainline, I think this is my favorite Pokemon game to date. I i don't have much to say about the design of the new Pokemon because I'll be honest, you, I don't know what's new and what's not new. Sorry, yeah, yes. uh, but but i can tell you that uh, i built my team my team was strong as shit i went out there and i was kicking some ass and i was enjoying the story to like i found my <laughs> crown like a baby found myself <laughs> beating this game within the week i was damn, i was like man i this is one hell of a game now Look, the technical stuff is still there. The last update that they did did fix a lot of it. But the popping is at times egregious, unacceptable. Right. Right. Is is it, because you don't have random encounters, you run into Pokemon, and sometimes you're trying to get to a point. All of a sudden a fucking Pokemon just boom pops oh. up and you're and you're in a in a, in a battle. You're like, fuck. Good times. But uh but everything else, I I I, I, I can't shake how Man, this is this is one hell of a game for this year, man. I, I'm really really into it. But I loved it. I loved every second of it, minus the technical issues, which is unfortunate. This could have been a banger. This could have this could have ran for like a top three spot in my top ten games of the year if if it weren't for those technical issues. So are you going? um, But
0: so you do think it's a better game than Arceus then? I do, yeah. Okay, For me, Got yeah.
1: Be- yeah, for me, I do. Yeah, I do think it's a better game than Arceus just because the story. I think the story... Oh, okay. Uh, ...elements it. really take it over the top. I still think Arceus gameplay is a little better with the throwing of the, the Pokemon mm. balls, that stuff. I, I think that's really dope. I think that's that should be a part of mainline games. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I, just the, the Titan story, the structure of that, the team star, the structure of that, the open world, I think just puts it over Arceus just a, a tad bit. I don't think it's like... Miles and miles better than Arceus mm-hmm. though I did. I, there is something to be said that I did finish this. But you did say Arceus, that but... it has a
0: better storyline than The Last of Us. You you definitely said that. <laughs> one and two, <laughs> no, no, both parts. No, the
1: Last of Us, one and two, is, is, yeah. is next level. But all right, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I love it. I love this game, and if you're a Pokemon fan or a kind of a pokemon fan like marco and i are i would highly recommend it uh i can't wait for marco to, to finally shut the fuck up and play it but i i agree i agree with the assessment i think that you know he's waiting based on the technical issues that's that's you can't really blame somebody for that because they're they're they're, they're planning the uh they're quite a bit here so okay
0: yeah. all right let me go ahead and tag in real quick with mine and then we'll uh wrap with the demo that we both played at the very end so um last uh well not last episode but the episode before i had mentioned that i started um a point and click game called norco this game oh that's um, right is, about that is highly re- reviewed very well right now um it is uh a game that i think a, a lot of people are saying is is you know in that top 10 potential games of the year sort of bracket um but it's obviously point and click, so it's not you know a mainstream marquee kind of game that you hear about very much. It's very niche. Um, so I fired it up a few weeks ago, and um, I couldn't put this thing down, man. I, I ended up rolling credits wow. on it, um, which is not typical for me because I'm not usually I'm not a point and click guy. Uh, but I thought this game was awesome. Um, it's it's very weird. It's very sci fi. It's very folkish as well. Um, as I said last time around, they describe it as like a, a, Southern sci-fi game, uh, kind of a vibe. And, and it, it has a little bit of like almost Twin Peaks weirdness to it as well, where you kind of have to embrace the weird that's going on. Uh, and I think if you can really figure that out in your mind as you're playing it, this game is very, very good. I, I, I think it's a better game than Disco Elysium personally Whoa, I think it, okay. I think it spanks it to be to be completely honest um it's just captivating uh, it's it's got such a unique story such a unique way of telling the story and um, it's obscure, but it's also not. It's it's so hard to describe in podcast form, so I'm not gonna try. I'm just gonna say if you're interested in a narr- narrative-driven point-and-click game, uh, keep this one on on the back burner. It's on Shit, Game Pass right now. That's me all day. It's yeah. I think you absolutely have to play it at some point. Okay. Maybe even before Game of the Year deliberations, just to see how you feel. Yeah.
1: That's, I, I actually just turned on my Xbox and just hit uh, install. Yeah. yeah. You, you gotta try this one out, bro.
0: This might be yeah. this might be a Pablo McGee. Uh, it could be. I don't okay. know. I might be wrong. Um, but I highly recommend it, especially from a storytelling standpoint. It's very, very you, interesting. Um, are you going to try, uh, <coughs> Citizen Sleeper? I already did. Um, that didn't do it okay. for me though. That was just a little okay, too, okay. Th- that's me a either, little too either. dice rolling kind of action for me. And I, that doesn't really c- connect with me at all. So this was more yeah. my bad cause it was just straight up storytelling. Okay, cause I,
1: I felt the same way about Citizen Sleeper. When I tried it, I was like, I get it, but
0: not for me. Yeah, no, not for me. Not for me. Is for spoken for us, Pablo, Uh, because the demo dropped uh, as part of uh, one of the announcements from the Game Awards, which we'll get into a full breakdown of of that later on. But the demo dropped on PlayStation 5. We both got a chance to test it out. And uh, I am highly curious to know, what you think about this we didn't talk about this off air so this is a this will be interesting to hear from from you first what do you got on this one
1: at the very least i felt confident enough that force broken was going to have gameplay and 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 traversal that was going to be enjoyable to play i'm here to report that that's completely bullshit i mean (laughs) controlling Frey feels completely off her movement animates fluidly but you don't ever feel like you're in complete control of her. Like, you just hit uh, forward and circle, and then she does uh, mystical or magical parkour. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> Basically just run into Shin and she does the, her animation and she jumps over it. Uh, the fact that there's no weapons in this game, uh, there's it's all magical based, but they're throwing enemies at you at a quite a, a, a high clip where it just feels like you're doing all this magic stuff to kind of... It just doesn't feel good. It, it does not feel good at all. And it's... I, I was wondering I'm like okay the, the demo's out way before the game couple of months even they must be super confident plus somebody I, said I was it was like an g-
0: old TGS demo that they kind of like spruced up again and released it so I was thinking well maybe well, it's I, old I don't know but
1: well mm. regardless of that the only way to make this good is by completely changing the way the game plays and in and, and, and the <laughs> combat because I mean I I and I, and I tell you and I, and I'm on record saying this I think that for spoken um is a game that was probably going to surprise us in terms of how it plays and i there's no way that if this is the if this is this close to the final product that this is gonna do it for anybody. It looks brown as shit. It's drab. It doesn't even look that great. No, it doesn't. Uh, well, the the, the it, but the in game in play stuff doesn't look good. Uh, the fish out of water story stuff. Look, that's never gonna. That's been good. For Spoken still hasn't told me why their story is different. And I and I honestly, while playing this game, I just couldn't get it out of my head that their black protagonist has been claimed to be an orphan and very angry and have a hip hopity kind of walk is the thing they said. Mm-hmm. And fuck off. I basically is what I'm saying to this game from 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 today. I, I'm this game plays terribly. Yeah. I there's no redeeming qualities about this game at all. Uh and I just wonder really what the fuck they were thinking. Because it if this had like the horizon zero uh the zero dawn forbidden west combat system where it's not very in depth just kind of hit r1 to kind of have a weapon and, and kind of slice through enemies it'll be a little more forgivable the fact that the only thing you have is like this fire sword that you still don't fully control mm-hmm. it's kind of like a magical spell it, it it just feels horrible horrible
0: man i'm glad you said that i was afraid like man i hope he doesn't like this because this is abysmal no. uh <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's horrible. I was astonished. I mean, I had low hopes for this game anyway because of all the lead up and obviously, you know, the things they said about their uh, protagonist. It is an atrociously designed video game to, to me. And that might sound a bit extreme, like, OK, it can't be that bad. But I think just fundamentally, when you look at the way this game controls, when you look at the way that you engage in combat when you look at the world when you look at traversal and especially when you listen to the narrative and dialogue which was oh, horrible painful. fam put that in your pipe and smoke it yeah dog what that's exactly that what was the year one, is this and yep. and her voice acting is so bad i'm sorry it's terrible cuz she over enunciates like you know like she's not sure how to voice act at all like she's like you know it's like over pronouncing things like well, we really we so really got him we really did that and then when like she gets hit you hear like a really awful sounding grunt sound like uh <laughs> you know,
1: it's like, maybe it's just that the the material was so horrible that she had nowhere she had no idea where to start i don't know she's
0: bad be- she was in resident evil the the tv show and she was terrible there too so it might just be a combination <laughs> of blunders <laughs> um you know we talked about how we thought sony was great at picking them this is a miss for them i think and i don't know if i necessarily blame them i would have i would have taken uh exclusive square enix you know Open world it, adventure by game. Amy Hennig, Gary yeah. On paper, I would have taken that deal too. So I can't fully blame 100%. Sony for that. But who, boy, I don't think this feels, This isn't doing their pre-orders any favors to me.
1: It, it it's like it feels to me like a game that's been talked about like an action adventure game, but it has the combat system of like a Final Fantasy 15, but worse. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it, it, it almost feels like an RPG. It you know what it feels like, like, like a
0: turnbase. In some ways, especially with the combat, um, it felt a lot like a poor man's infamous to me. Um, like yeah, but in infamous you had a lot more control. Like. Y- y- you hit. You did. That's why I'm saying you hit, poor man. Yeah, had buttons <laughs> to throw. Yeah, to throw punches. You throwing punches. Yeah. You threw magic, and you don't even know it's. And the AI was brain dead. Was that on easy mode or something? But I mean, I think it might have. I think it might have been just to kind okay. of
1: get you through
0: it. But, All right. Because uh, I was like, I I would. Uh, there was there was one fight where I was fighting these like big bird things, and I guess I got far enough away, and then one of them landed and started pretending to like eat food off the ground, like mid mid fight. Oh, that's I'm like that. that that's oh, so you, you hungry, fam? You, you need okay. I'll wait. You know, bro, right. <laughs> get your sustenance
1: commercials, first. Commercials, commercials, demos, whatever, singles to music. They're there to represent the best parts of that product. Yeah, and this it did quite the opposite. Like even even me who I had no kind of and you yourself as well had no real. Uh, we didn't think much about Forspoken to begin with, but at the very least, we thought maybe combat would be fun. You hope gameplay and, will pull it,
0: through where the other stuff narratively yeah. fell short, right?
1: And no, not even close. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's not it's not even that it's it's uh, just kind of bad. It's as bad as a right. It sure and is. Again. This is the writing that Marco just quoted from the game. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. What is it, fucking Dr. <laughs> Evil like gold member? Put that in your and sh- put it in your pipe and smoke it. Like what is what are we doing?
0: It's dis- horrible. it's just,
1: horrible, horrible 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 horrible. It's
0: disastrous is what it is. I'm I'm so shocked that um and it, you know the, the demo's out for a reason. I think Forspoken just hasn't grabbed people. I think this was an attempt to kind of reignite some interest and it this might have probably done more harm than good. I I would be stunned you know, I, if this turns people around in any way.
1: Maybe it's a, and it could be a tasting. It just maybe it's not really what we like in games. and maybe somebody else is a little bit more
0: patient I will thought find out. like, that. "Oh,
1: I kind of like the fact that it's a little bit more methodical, but"
0: I, I doubt it. I thought about that, but I'm like there's just so many things that I've it, plus just the UI and the like the HUD and the icons all over. It's like we're back to that again and it you know, it just seems like it seems like it's doing what what that game Valkyrie Elysium did but with a budget. Yeah. That's how it feels yeah. to me.
1: I, and people can't say, "Well, it's a demo." Yeah, it is a demo, but it's supposed again, it's supposed to represent the game and you're representing at least mm-hmm. if if you're going to tell me Let's say that Forspoken comes out and it com- plays completely different than the demo. Then what was the point of the demo? You know, that's right. not going to happen. That's not going to be the case. Yeah. So
0: yeah, well, we're never speaking about Forspoken again on this show. I'll tell you that much. Yeah,
1: i, I, I made my decision on that. Like, yeah. it, even if it gets like an eight point five, there's no way. There's no way. I don't care. Um
0: yeah. 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 Unfortunately, that one's not going to be uh, much of a presence next year when it drops, and we won't be talking about that on the show uh, unless it's just pointing at it and going damn the reviews really were that bad you know what i mean something like that then we'll talk yeah, about yeah, it yeah. again but um that is going to do it for loadouts this week pablo Wait, what
1: do we have hold on real quick what? what do we have that what do we predict for for uh...
0: oh you want to look at the four spoken predictions that i'm going to win now because yeah. i went lower than you <laughs>
1: oh my god you're gonna win so you're gonna win so hard it's not even funny i I
0: didn't want to bring it up i was gonna let it go just move on i'm gonna
1: do this i'm gonna do this just for uh fun
0: yeah um
1: I put Marco as a winner of that category. <laughs> you might <already>. as well. <laughs>
0: we'll see. We got to drop down with like our predictions on one side, mine on the other, and then the winner tab. and And he already put my name in there as the winner. That's it's, that's nice yeah. of you to do. Um, why don't we count yeah. that win towards twenty twenty two? So I don't look no, like I'm good. getting blown out so bad because it's getting <laughs> it it's getting embarrassing. I'm getting mopped up. Um. <laughs> really? <laughs> that happened. Uh, locked up All locked right. up? damn. I'm gonna stop embarrassing myself. We're gonna move on, Pablo, to the next segment of the show, which is devoted uh, to the news and headlines that have hit the industry since you last heard from us. We call that hit points. Let's go. Alright, so um, for breaking news, rumors and hit points. Juice to go for a time. One of which is going to be a mouthful. Um, me and Pablo, you know, we took a break talking about the whole Activision Blizzard uh, saga with the, you know, Phil Spencer versus Jim Ryan type of beef. But you know, we decided we'll come back to it since there's been a lot of, you know, major movement in that uh, that whole situation. So let's kind of run through the play by play of what happened uh, over the last several days, and then let's weigh in, Pablo, on what we think of what's going on. So. Started with Phil Spencer, who announced via Twitter that Microsoft had made a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo consoles, and he also confirmed in that tweet that Call of Duty will continue to be released on Steam, and vowed to find a win-win relationship with Sony, but claimed that, quote, it's clear they're spending more time with the regulators than they are with us to try to get this deal done, end quote. Meanwhile, (laughs) Sony... Criticized Microsoft's latest agreements, particularly with Nintendo. They believe Microsoft's agreement was only a tactic done to portray themselves as cooperative with regulators and that the deal is inconsequential for Nintendo due to the lack of commercial interest from Switch owners since the last Call of Duty for Nintendo did flop. And that developing a version of the game compatible with Switch could take years because of the limited hardware, making the 10-year licensing deal relatively meaningless. Now, shortly thereafter, the FTC jumped in to announce that they are officially seeking to block the acquisition. Quote, Microsoft has already shown that it can and will withhold content from its gaming rivals said Holly Vadova, director of the FTC's Bureau of Competition quote, today we seek to stop Microsoft from gaining control over a leading independent game studio and using it to harm competition in multiple dynamic and fast growing gaming markets end quote. So like I said, that was a lot, but, Pablo, when you look at what these last few days have, have, have you know, been for, for both parties, all parties, where are you at with all this and what, what's striking you is interesting about this whole turn of events?
1: <clears throat> I mean, look, Sony saying that the microsoft roping nintendo into the deal is as a is a tactic absolutely it is that basically what microsoft is doing is calling sony out on their bullshit about hey man because sony took it upon themselves to talk about the industry as a whole and so uh, with with phil spencer and xbox including nintendo and steam and not actually directly including um sony they're pretty much saying like okay we're involving everybody and you know, of course, it's a business tactic. Sony's looking out for themselves, and Xbox is doing the same. That 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 to me is irrelevant here. Um What it is, what is relevant, I think, is the FTC ruling to sue Xbox. I think that the point made about because I, there was a thing that came out that uh, Xbox has promised that Starfield, Redfall would come out on other uh, uh, consoles, and they. They reneged on that and they decided not to do that. That doesn't bode well for Xbox, for sure. But also, the FTC has said in the past that they were going to start making examples of companies. They were going to take on bad cases if need be. Uh, Bernie Sanders came out on Twitter praising uh, the FTC for, for this because this is an example to be made about a big company. It has nothing to do with video games. It has nothing to do with the Sony argument. This is just a moment in time where the FTC can really step in and really make an example, at the very least, make a splash. So mm-hmm. I think that Microsoft and Sony are all ca- caught up in this weird political amalgamation of things where they're make, trying to make a point with a big company and there's two big companies involved here. So it does seem like Sony is getting a biased, but it's not really that Sony is getting a biased. In my opinion, I think it's more of the FTC is just taking Sony's side because it behooves them because at that point they're able to make the big uh, point or big example of a big company like Microsoft. Uh, I I just think for me, um, it just feels from looking at it as a video game fan, it just feels like a really weird moment. Like I I don't understand the the Sony's uh, arguments because they do the same thing. You know, it, it's just it, it's just off to me. It's it it, it nothing about this seems legitimate in terms of Sony's claims uh, it just feels like a weird time moment in time with the FTC and and, and what they're trying to do politically so you know that's that's kind of where I, I I end up with all this I think this is less about the video games less about call of Duty less about anything it's just uh, the political machine right now working its way through through the FTC got you <clears throat>
0: um, yeah I think there's a lot to unpack from this a lot of different takeaways and I think to me the theme here is that I think both Microsoft and Sony are kind of weaponizing truths against each other. Um, I I don't know if I'm in the minority of saying this, but I'm of the camp where I think both Microsoft and Sony have had back and forths with relatively good points. I think the Call of Duty being the end-all be-all stuff got a little weird for me, but I think talking about, you know, especially when the FTC talked about, like, you know, um, Starfield and Redfall were were formerly going to be multi-platform games until Xbox scooped up Bethesda, and now, you know, that looks like an inconsistency in their argument about how they want to make games available for everybody. Like, I think it it has been, for the most part, a battle of truths, and I feel like it's making both, it's not only, you know, making discourse about this, especially with the gaming community, really rough because everybody thinks they're right, because there are nuggets of truth on both sides. But I think it's just clouding the business practices for both companies, too. I, I really think that this acquisition has done far more harm than good across the board. Microsoft doesn't seem like themselves right now. They seem very um, off. They seem very irritated. Their energy just comes across to me as as different uh, than what it was when the acquisition was first announced. They don't seem so confident anymore. They don't seem so relaxed anymore. They seem like they got their dukes up a little bit. And maybe they should, uh, because of Sony, well, the way Sony's come at them. But I think Sony yeah. also looks ridiculous as well. Um, so I don't think anyone's coming away clean here. It just It's just a situation that needs to end, so that we can get back to talking about the actual games again, and not this petty yeah. back-and-forth stuff anymore.
1: The prop. But the problem is, is that Xbox is now not just in it to, not just in it to to win the, uh, the Call of Duty in the, into their library. They are on the hook for billions of dollars. If if this doesn't go through, they owe like three or four billion dollars, and it right. grows every time that they don't make a deal. Right. So this this has become less about xbox and more about microsoft as a whole but I, do, I i would disagree slightly in that i don't think xbox's mantra about games for everyone should be held against them because ultimately they are a small group that belongs to a big conglomerate that really at the end of the day will make the final decision as to we spent this money this has to be ours uh so i i think this is where that weird shit about Phil Spencer being front facing and being very about kumbaya about everything. And then when it comes down to, to brass tacks, he's, he's cutting throats down there because he has to, you know. So it, it's a really weird, uh, thing. And I think, I think when you look optically from, from the outside looking in, it does look like Xbox is out of character and sony does seem very desperate so i i i want to know why sony is doing what sony is doing more more than why why, why xbox is being the way xbox is being because i understand that for a certain extent but it's a weird weird thing and i think that sony really is taking advantage of of the FTC and what they're willing to do in order to make an example of it because i mean there's no other way to really explain this to so what the hell's going on there's a guy called i forgot his name hugh hugh law hugh hoglaw and I've listened to some of his stuff and he's breaking it down and he's and he's a uh, and he kn- he knows a lot about he's the acquisitions he's per-
0: bit, yeah yeah
1: yeah and he's pretty confused as to what's happening however he's said that. He's been in many meetings, and it knows that the FTC is on a rampage right now, mm-hmm. and that they're doing a lot right now when it comes to that stuff. So uh, that he's su- shocked, but at the same time, not really surprised. He, he He's he's w- waffling now. He's at 70-30 in terms of the deal same, going through. Same, same as he, me, yeah. Yeah, but now he's pretty much says it, it could go either way because Microsoft could even be like, "I'm gonna take my losses at two billion and be out." So yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, what people have to remember is that is how unprecedented this is for the gaming yeah. industry and how many billions of dollars are in play in this medium of entertainment. It is the biggest medium of entertainment in the world. So when you have a deal that we've never seen the likes of before. Um, it's hard to try to compare apples to apples with other types of acquisitions. You can find some parallels out there. But at the end of the day, we've never seen the gaming industry pass along this much money before all in one shot. And that's, that's bound right. to create um, you know, a target on your back and a microscope to to really figure out what's going on. And sure, maybe the FTC does not know a lot about the business, but you know, I think that's also what's kind of spooking them because of how fluid and how rapidly growing the industry has become. So, it makes sense to me that it that it it reached this step. I don't know if it's enough to raise any red flags that oh, it's over for Xbox now. They're not going to get this. But I will say it has created an opening for the possibility. And so that's why I, I'm kind of at 70-30 as well. 70% thinking it's going to get done, 30% maybe not. Yeah. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see, but I think the days of saying this is a shoe-in, I think we got to maybe fall back a little bit on that. And let's see how this plays out. Because again, we've never seen anything like this before in gaming. And, and that creates some interesting dynamics when it comes to um, going to court over this type of thing.
1: Well, I mean, not only that, but the head of the FTC said specifically that Microsoft has made multi games into uh, exclusive titles. So, at that point, that makes a lot of sense to me as to why this is happening. Because in order for them to get concessions a cons- or a consent decree, uh, they would need that legally binding, and so. Right doing that by having Microsoft not only just say we promise to have it on you know we have a deal with a Nintendo in the back end to do this uh, or finding a win-win situation for Sony no no they want this in writing they want mm-hmm. they want this uh, to be completely uh, ironclad, yeah. you know defined by that yeah I, exactly Ironclad so I think that's what's happening uh, I agree I, I am there too a 70-30 I think you can't I've been of the mindset that this is this is par for the course it's going to go through no matter what mm-hmm. but with the FTC, the, the fact that when you look at how that works, there's there, there's governing bodies. There's two democratic, uh, uh, two democratic uh, um, people in the committee. Two Republican, one of the Republican people are out, so the majority is democratic, and they are on a rampage right now yeah. uh, with FTC and all that stuff. So, anything can happen. You know when you, politics in America for the last five six years has been anybody's Wild. ball game. Anything could happen. Yeah. The things that you didn't, never thought would happen are happening. So yeah, this 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 could happen. They, they could very well be like, no thanks. So yeah.
0: Yeah, well, we're gonna, um, you know, we're not gonna keep returning to this week over week uh, like like we've done before in the past. We're gonna wait until there's major milestones to talk about. We felt like this was a good time to kind of bring it back into the discussion, uh, but we will be back to talk about this more when there is a, a, a big development to discuss. Let's move on. In the meantime, Pablo, to our second and final hit point news item, and this one is uh, this one's a knee slapper uh, in all the worst ways possible. So. A man by the name of John Garvin, who is the former writer and creative director of Bend Studio, the team responsible for Days Gone, believes that his game, Days Gone, received poor reviews for the following three reasons. Bugs, disengaged reviewers that barely wanted to play the game, and woke culture. What? (laughs) So, apparently... Mr. Garvin believes that reviewers could not handle a, quote, gruff white biker (laughs) looking at his date's eyes, end quote. Ben's studio went on to issue a response to their former director's tweet to vehemently disagree with his sentiments. Thank God. Uh, So the question I am posing to you, co-host of the show, Pablo, technical mess that you are. The question is, huh?
1: Yeah, look. I want to say something first. Open Critic has Days Gone at 72. I didn't finish the game. I fell off of it. I do think the game is a little bit better than 72. As a whole. As a whole product. Now that uh, that's out of the way, <clears throat> uh, this guy is a psychopath. Uh, this guy is... Did he really think that he rode a badass biker with Deacon St. John? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That that is one of the most bland, most, I've read someone that said, it's funny that he thinks that he read a badass character when this guy, all he does is respect authority, does what the authority tells him to do. And is the most bland and docile biker you've ever met in your whole entire <laughs> life. It is. It is a performance that, it, 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 like, he's in love with his boy Boozer, which is fine. You know, it's cool. But the man, the way that this guy goes, John Garvin, oh, that's because he was looking at you, your girl's ass. Like, you gotta be kidding me. Look, this game, I, I think is a little better than a seventy two. Not much, and it is that. I think it's a mediocre Sony exclusive. I think it's a. I think that it's. It has a lot of. It's just not as good as the other stuff. Period. It's, that's all it is. The fact that you think that... And when you look at reviews here, I didn't see any single review saying, unfortunately, Days Gone is <laughs> terrible because I don't like anybody looking at my girl's ass. Like, it's it's just... It's just bizarre. It's just a bizarre thing. And, and, and this guy has... Not the first time that he said some crazy shit about the game. Uh, he was mad with PlayStation about them not getting a sequel. Yeah, he's been salty sequel. for a while. Yeah. Yeah, he's been salty for a while. I think he has to understand. He made a pretty mediocre game, yeah, uh, and that's why people thought it was mediocre because the game is in fact mediocre.
0: What, what the fucketry is going on with him, man? Yeah. Like, why is this? Why, like, it's not like people canceled their pre-orders because the game wasn't called Days Woke. Like, it, it it's not like <laughs> I don't understand what this that is. Wasn't- This is like, when that game came out, that wasn't really a thing. I mean, it was, but not really. It it never really, I I don't know. I would have caught that if that was a thing. Listen, this is denial in its ultimate final form. This is Super Saiyan denial right here. This is crazy to me that you, after all this time has passed, you can't just sit down and accept the fact that people did not like your game. Listen, we just talked about a game at the top of the show that did not get the greatest reviews in the world that we actually thought was pretty solid. Now, if Glenn Schofield goes out tomorrow and he says, y'all didn't like Callisto Protocol because it wasn't woke enough for y'all. You, you, we didn't give you enough time to look at alien ass. Like, that <laughs> would be wild, right? But at some point, you, you have to, you got to hold an L when there's an L to be held and and this this guy has evaded that in every way possible since this game came out listen man people didn't like your game some people swear by it though i have you know friends um that i talk to that think the game actually was quite great especially after some patches and you know the ps5 de- version being at 60 frames it's decent, it's decent. you know and some people are like but- you know what it was just kind of a mid game for me it was a b-tier playstation game whatever it, it is what it is, man. You know, if you're not prepared to take criticism, then you're in the wrong business. You're making a game that everybody's going to spend money on and that critics are going to review. You're going to hear opinions that are not going to jive with what you thought. So what are you doing here if you can't handle that? And then the whole using wokeness
1: or the word woke as a pejorative, you know, I mean, it's opponents of like progressive parties that try to make a mockery of social Things you know, yeah, like it's, it's dismissive, and then using that as pejorative, you, you, you're at, at a certain point, you're painting yourself as a a a specific kind of person mm-hmm. that I don't really like, and. The fact that you're you're talking about this this game in this way is it's so psychotic because even that kind of conversation that 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 he's having and the way that he's talking about the game when you play the game the game actually subverts expectations as to what a biker gang is, a biker guy is like it, it does it's about, he's about his, like he's really in love with a girl and he's with like there's a lot of stuff that about friendship it's nothing what this guy is trying to portray the game is like it, it's it's psychotic to me it it it, it, it it's weird like you said it's denial at a hundred at a, at a thousand percent yeah. uh and it's sad and i'm glad that he's no longer with ben studio because i don't i don't want anything to do with that guy he's he's not working on an nft video game by the way so good for him. oh
0: yeah that's gonna i wonder what happens when that game flops what's he gonna blame that on um man on the markets woke markets <laughs> <laughs> yeah nfts are getting too woke out here um <laughs> anyways that's more of a point and laugh type of story we don't have a huge uh Fuck him.
1: he looks like a piece of shit
0: he, yeah he he's got that look i hate to be that guy where you look what i like, hate to be that guy i judge too, the but way love you look and i'm right like now. yeah you look like an <laughs> asshole man you do but he does <laughs> look like he's got assholishness up in him yeah um, I,
1: I hate to judge anybody by their quote-unquote cover but i love judging this man by his cover
0: yeah all he's missing now is like a picture of himself in a truck with oakley's on with a confederate flag on the back window and the he's back good end. to go um yeah. anyways Let's move on to uh, the main event of the show Pablo uh, which you know may or may not be woke enough for some of you listeners out there. We'll we'll see how you feel, but we are going to talk game awards and break down the winners, losers and trailers and announcements and that starts right now. <laughs> It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right, bro. So we got a lot of stuff to get into here uh, for the Game Awards. And uh, I think we'll break this down into different sections here. We'll do uh, part of this. We'll do half of the award winners. We'll talk about who won, who lost, what we feel about that. And then we'll shift gears and talk about the announcements and trailers at the back half of this. And then some any any final thoughts we have uh, about the show yeah. as a whole. But um let's go ahead and kick it over to you first man you you cover the bases of all the award winners let's tackle these one by one and let's talk about them um so floor is yours yeah yeah,
1: yeah so we'll do award winners here uh we'll start with best mobile game uh marco did you want me to read the nominees or just go no nah, nah. no i
0: mean if, if we have a thought about one of the nominees and we can just talk about it sure and, you know bring it up but no nah, i'm cool yeah
1: uh, no surprise here so started off at least for me with not a surprise at all with best mobile game and that's marvel snap yeah uh, yeah. I think well deserved. It's it's a game I put a lot of hours into. A lot of people love it. I think it's great. Uh, I was a
0: little worried about Diablo it, Immortals and Genshin um, creeping up, but I think yeah. Marvel just had too much momentum.
1: Yeah, too much momentum, and it's it, that not completely a, a um, not a complete audience or fan vote so you know I, there's no way that Immortal is going to get any glove because of the of the fucking way that they divvied out their microtransactions right. and all that stuff so th- there was no way that was happening but um, yeah Marvel Snap great win there I agree. innovation and in accessibility mm-hmm. uh, God of War Ragnarok uh, I, I will say I didn't really explore the accessibility options in God of War Ragnarok uh, but Sony and their studios do have a really good uh, pedigree and uh, when it comes to that uh, and so so, yeah I, i'm assuming this is a good way i don't you know, know man I, don't I
0: think i think last of us got robbed here i mean you can literally beat the last of us if you're blind like that's crazy to me like this is true to me i think god right and right don't get me wrong they did a good job like they got some really good accessibility features in there but i think the last of us part one steps on kratos's neck when it comes to accessibility <laughs> um the the amount of options that game provides to help people with all kinds of impairments and and, and needs is astonishingly impressive um so i mean to me there's no real loser in this one because i just want to see more games have this kind of suite of options but to me i think i think they got this one wrong a little bit here
1: i was also just the impression that the quarry uh had a really they do too uh, i've heard
0: some good things about that too it didn't play
1: accessibility like
0: yeah yeah
1: you could play that game yeah basically you can watch it if you wanted to. Right, like, there's right. A, there's a lot of different options in order to get that, uh, to play that game when you want. So, I mean, you know, when it comes to those things, like, Marco was right. There's no loser in this category because they all got, they all deserve to be nominated. They all did something that, unfortunately, a lot of games don't do. Yeah, I think some, it should some be of these other games gotta step game. up,
0: man. Nintendo, I'm talking yeah. to you. You gotta step up.
1: Yeah, it's gotta be standard. I mean, the, I have, I have a personal experience. I have, like, really bad eyesight. My left eye is pretty shot. And so, I find myself kind of exploring the accessibilities more often in terms of, like, making things a little more visual, visible, visible especially when it comes to the subtitles and, and the fact that you can fuck with the sizing and all that stuff. All that shit is, is, really, uh, is really important now. So, yeah, games got to step up. So Yeah.
0: Yeah, No for doubt sure. about that.
1: So, best adaptation. Not really a surprise here. Arcane has won this.
0: I was a little surprised. I was a little surprised. Are
1: you? What did you think was going to I win? really
0: thought Edge Runners had a shot. I really did. I, I think they had a shot. I think. Well, I mean, I thought they. I thought they were going to kind of clean up. I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, um, I see. I, I guess. I mean, I, I would imagine. You know, from all all the things I've heard, I've heard Arcane probably pound for pound is a much better show. I mean, they're obviously trying for very different things here, so it's hard to compare. But I thought Edge Runners yeah. just had more momentum leading up to this than Arcane did, personally. But I was wrong.
1: Yeah, I. I just think that. Vis- I think Arcane visually is absolutely stunning in its own way, and it's also mm-hmm. not anime. And I think anime kind of gets a bad rap sometimes because uh, that Runners is definitely anime. Yeah, so, that's true. You know, that's true. It's probably part of it. Uh, most anticipated, no surprise here: The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, it could have been. It could have been. Actually, I don't think it could have been anything else. I don't I think, think so this either, is a no. surefire uh Surefire, no. uh, there. So <clears throat> best multiplayer. Marco's super happy about this. Yeah, I man. think well deserved. Splatoon
0: 3. Splatoon uh, 3 did it, man. I I was this was one that I kind of fist pumped for a little bit because Splatoon 3 coming up against Call of Duty, that's hard yeah, work, yeah. man. And Call of Duty had a strong year this year too. So it's like, damn, can they pull this off? And yeah, they pulled it off, man. I got to give them credit for that. So shout out to Splatoon.
1: Yeah. It's different enough. I, I think it, the fact that Nintendo is always making these wacky uh, iterations of Splatoon, and uh, yeah. they hit hard. I mean, they, like they they really got a they really got a good, good thing going with Splatoon. I mean, look, this is the year that had Call of Duty, like you said, uh, Overwatch too. Yeah. Like is in here as well? So it was just to lose, really,
0: to me, and they figured out a way to lose it this year with the way the game launched. I think that was just a blunder. Well, the
1: way the game, I, yeah, I think it put it, it put it in a, in a position where it, it was it couldn't win because yeah. the, a good portion of its launch time has been has been uh, done in, in terms of repurposing a lot of some of the characters right. and just kind of fixing the fucking game. Super weird, yeah. Uh, Best Family Game, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I don't know what this category is. Man, means. boo. Uh, I thought Best Family Game was like the game that you play with your family. Yeah. You know? or <laughs> But I I, I I, mean, listen. A lot of people were swearing by Kirby and the Forgotten Land. A game that I thought was pretty decent, but not anything special. But they, they Jeff uh, found a, a place to give to award this game, I guess. Uh, and here it is.
0: I'm stunned, man. Uh, it feels like they went for like they voted like the the cutest game kind of got the win here like cuz kirby just so what? cute you know like i feel like that's what got him I the wa- win
1: I think what happened was is they looked at all these games, and a lot, you got a lot of people who are Nintendo fans in the industry, which, you know, they grew up on that, so that's totally understandable. Yeah. And they, I think they saw an opportunity here to award a game that they liked quite a bit that they know couldn't contend in other categories. That's kind of how it looks like. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of like how, how a lot of these categories end up being uh, for me, because it's kind of
0: like... They're like consolation prizes.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, for if sure. If you're not going to win they the really big are.
0: one, we'll give you the little one kind of a feeling, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a little strange. It's a little strange.
1: Best role-playing game, Elden Ring. Yeah. I was shocked by this because I think in the truest sense, when, when I'm voting for a game. Let's say I'm voting for a game. In the truest sense of the of the word or the category role-playing game, Elden Ring is a role-playing game, right. but what defines that game is it is role-playing elements. So it's like, you know, what, what makes an RPG an RPG? I think it's an amalgamation of all things that it does really, really good to make Elden Ring probably one favorite game of the year. But in terms of the truest sense of what a of role-playing game is, if you're going to ask me the last couple of, next couple of years, what's the best... JRPG or RPG I played, I'm going to say Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So, I, I thought... Marco said that they never had a chance, and he's probably right. But, man, I really thought that they were going to... The industry was going to really pull it through and be like, hey, if we're doing constellation prizes, this is the all-time best place to put this. But, unfortunately, that wasn't the case.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, I think that Elden Ring was kind of a shoe-in for this one. And, you know, even though... I do think that it's a fair point to make about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 having something to say here because it is, I think, the more by-the-book quintessential role-playing game, whereas I think Elden Ring is one of those hybrids that checks so many different boxes that, in a sense, it that's what makes doing... A lot of these like genre based awards very difficult because in in modern era like role playing games are yeah. a lot like action games and action games are a lot like role playing games now so there's just there's just too much of 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 a gray area so. I think because of that, that's probably yep. why, you know, Elden Ring to me was the more likely choice because it just seemed like because it checks just enough of that role-playing game box, it's going to win because of how great it is at that and everything else it does. Whereas Xenoblade <laughs> is that more traditional experience right. that I think should have won, you know, from that standpoint, but it just, it isn't as dynamic as Elden Ring is. So yeah. that's probably what happened there in my opinion, but
1: it's a, yeah, it's a me thing. Cause when we talk about our best RPGs of all time on the show. I rarely, I'd never uh, include a Dark Souls game or anything right. like that. Just but I guess that's just more of a me thing and I should probably start reconsidering the fact that those are uh, role-playing games it's not just you though i think i
0: think the award genres are going to start becoming very obsolete after a while because you know when you look at these 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 categories from a high level like best action best action adventure best role-playing and a lot of these games just they, they can you know one game can fit in seven different categories nowadays so it's just like it's what are we doing now you know yeah so it's weird yeah no it's true it's true it's true
1: but moving on here best uh action adventure uh, we are just talking about God of War Ragnarok Marco uh, what do we think about that I, I, I mean I agree with that I think that's a great yeah, way
0: yeah I mean it's the quintessential action adventure game it is the template it's the benchmark it is the yeah. epitome of, of that genre in it's purest form so it wasn't much of a surprise to me that it, went, it, it won this one uh, would it have been nice to see one of the other you know games that were nominated take this one home yes but that probably was never realistic in the first place so yeah. I, I think this makes sense
1: yeah, I, I agree. What I'm not yeah. surprised with, but disappointed, is Bayonetta 3. <laughs> uh, Bayo, Bayonetta 3 uh, winning this category is a farce. Listen, I, that game sucks. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's full of action and uh, Vaseline-plated action uh, with apparently from what I've read and been told with a horrific ending. I think this is the category that I was rooting for and where Neon White needed to come out and 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 just slay it because it's it's when it comes to action Neon White is probably some of the best action that I've experienced this year, uh, almost mm-hmm. bar none. Sifu's right up there with it actually, uh, yeah. but Bayonetta three, yeah. Look, I'm sure Bayonetta three was the game that we wanted it to be. It would have been a shoo-in for this, but the fact that Bayonetta is not uh, uh, nominated for anything else, mm-hmm. you know. It's a little red flags there, red flags. Plus, you're getting say.
0: into Twitter fights with people about this game too, which is yeah, interesting. man.
1: People getting mad that I, I guess I called it a play. It was a PlayStation Two <laughs> game, and they didn't like that at all. Yeah, uh,
0: well, I mean, I know that sounds like really reductive, but I think that yeah. there is a truth to that because a lot of what Bayonetta Three is is very archaic in a sense it's just yeah. it's got so much style going for it that it kind of dilutes what is really um pretty old mechanics and in, in an old way of of game design as a whole i mean i'm glad that the you know the voice acting controversy didn't you know step on the toes of this game getting oh, it's I just new. Forgot-
1: i forgot about that
0: yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, though, I mean, you know, this was to me one of those begrudging ones that I I felt like was probably going to win. But yeah, personally, yeah, yeah. we've said you know pretty openly that this isn't a game that really appealed to us, even as Bayonetta fans. Do but you? It's inevitable. Do you, you know, know anybody
1: that liked this game?
0: No, no, I didn't know. I frankly, I'll be honest, I don't know a lot of people that bought it. Yeah. Um To begin with, I think I think it just. And it kind of shows. I mean, the, uh, you know, the November NPDs, I mean, the game fell off the face of the earth. So I just don't think that it's it's stayed, you know, at, at the zeitgeist for very long. Um, and thank God, because this game sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Like- Look at look at the best action adventure winner, God of War Ragnarok. That's been nominated for pretty much every single category, including best indie game, which is weird. Yeah, I'm kidding. Uh right. but the fact that Beta three is only nominated here and here alone, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is, is something. There's something there. The mm-hmm. industry's talking. The industry talking without saying anything. Right? They're chattering. They're chattering. Uh- <laughs> Best debuted indie and best indie. We'll, we'll put those two together because they are one and the same. Stray has won that category, and I think deservedly so. I think there are other games in this category that could have easily won Both it as categories. well. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah,
1: but but Stray is strong, man. Stray Stray is uh, probably the strongest of the game. I think of the games here. Um, stray baby, yeah, yeah. You're you're all about Stray, stray. baby. Stray,
0: you're bay, all about bay. Stray. <laughs> are you? Ha- I don't know why you would do that. Are you? Are you happy <laughs> in one here? I am very happy because I think you know. Again, and I said this when we were you know t- talking about the nominations originally. I think people just kind of wrote this game off as like the typical. Oh, you're playing as a is a cat game. It's indie. It's funny. And and there's so much that makes this game phenomenal from its atmosphere to the lived-in world to the gameplay. You know, just the whole mood, the soundtrack. Everything this game did to me was of high, high quality. So the fact that it won both of the Indie Awards, to me, um, should hopefully be a good clapback to a lot of people who are like, this this doesn't belong. Like, yes, it does, fam. Shut your whore mouth. (laughs) Shut your
1: whore mouth up. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Games games for Impact next. Nice uh, little segue there. Um, (laughs) Ask Dusk Falls. Um, Yeah, man, I think this is a good a good win for does as does falls. I think it's a game that I, I, uh, actually, if I'm not mistaken, got snubbed from like other categories, like uh, indie best indie game or, or something of that sort. Yeah, or, it did. that was a little weird. That's a yeah. little weird. Uh, you know, I, I have my, I have my thoughts on In- games for impact. I, I guess my thoughts on what games for impact are a little bit more, uh, I get reductive as to the medium as like a game about death, a game about life, a mm-hmm. game about this, and that, and this is a, uh, this is not that, um, uh, but it is about something. I know, Mark, you have a point as to what it is. Yeah, yeah. You
0: know, I think I think what makes this game really special is the fact that it taps into the family dynamic. It taps into, you know, what it's like to grow up in a broken family or what it's like to be, you know, a parent or guardian of, you know, a family and having to be the protector. Um, it 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 also represents, you know, how to deal with your mistakes that you make in your life and how you cope with those mistakes and grow yeah. from those mistakes. So I think what makes this game special is kind of what i like about games that are trying to tap into this this you know impactful dynamic now where it, it's not it's not trying to be too heavy-handed or on the yeah. nose about it you know a lot of games are like trying to evoke a lot of obvious emotions out of you look this person just died doesn't that doesn't that make you feel something Spearfare. oh this the, the yeah this parent and son are separated now doesn't that make you feel sad like <laughs> i think games in in terms of storytelling and impact have, evolved a lot since then and I like the fact that there are games like this that that are you know or games just in general to come are are really trying to find more subtlety in the way that they express impact or relatable uh circumstantial things about life and about how we all in, in engage and navigate through life and so I think this 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 category is a little weird because it's 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 still kind of fresh for the industry to be tapping into so many feels I guess uh that that it's doing you know, coming from the bloop and bleep era, you know, yeah, now, Mario, yeah, yeah. now Mario got a mushroom kind of area, you know. Um, but I, I like where it's evolving to, and I like the fact that this category exists just as a whole. But yeah. Sure,
1: yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, and then we got a surprise. Al Pacino, who himself uh, <laughs> entered the the domain here, uh, presenting the best performance, and he gave that award to a grist, Christopher, just as Christopher Judge, (laughs) the voice of Kratos from God of War Ragnarok. Uh, But listen. Ragnarok. Ragnarok, man. Wow. Okay. Uh, But, man, I uh, well deserved win here. Um, I I think that, you know, um, Al Pacino being there also kind of elevates this award a little bit because it should be, you know, uh, the game. Games and performance are one and one now like they're they're hand in hand a lot of the some of the best games in the last couple of years uh have been carried by performances so the fact yeah. that you have an American icon in terms of acting presenting this award definitely puts uh, uh a lot of you know it puts a lot onto this award. I think it does a, a lot of it. People were shocked. People were literally like, "What the fuck?" And yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it wasn't a disaster either. You know, usually we get cele- celebrities up there like Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez, which are a disaster. Like oh, they, they were bad. That was horrible. Like Al Pacino, leading into the fact I can't see. I'm old guy. I can't I- see the, the <laughs> teleprompter. <laughs> I don't. I don't play video games.
0: Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do- pretend this awards a dumbbell. Before I read who won it, because I don't give a shit anyway. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it, it was it boy. was
1: good. It was it was good. I, I thought it was really uh, it was funny. It was cute. Uh, uh, and Christopher Judge gave a you know gave a long ass speech. Thirty nine minute
0: speech, man. It, well, it felt like it.
1: He yeah. said some good things in there, good things in there, and uh, you know, kind of called attention to the fact that maybe a couple of years ago he wouldn't have taken the role because it was a video game, and how mm-hmm. now video games and, and performance is a, just another avenue to kind of express your artistic, uh, you know, your artistic
0: wants yeah. and needs here, yeah. And that he also mentioned that he quit after uh, Corey Barlog uh, left. That's right. And that's then right, he came yeah. back, you know, believing did, in, in Eric Williams. I I didn't know that. I thought that was pretty yeah. interesting.
1: No, no, no. Yeah, we uh, that's a good point. Yeah, he did say that, and uh, I just I don't think he trusted anybody else but Corey Barlog. And you know, Eric yeah. Williams pulled pulled off uh pulled it off here for for him. I guess I, I think yeah. it was uh, yeah. I think it was a good win. I think this was the right win. Um, though there were other people in the category, and I think everybody in this category uh did a good job. Did they did um, a
0: very good job? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought I thought the chick from Immortality really had a shot here. I really did. Um, but this was Christopher judge's year man and, and I think you know it, you could tell this award meant a lot to him. Yeah, the speech was long and it, it you know pissed Jeff Keeley off Jeff wanted to hit him in the loins but then realized that Christopher judge is about nine foot 12 uh, yeah. break you. Um, but you know look, I thought that Chris judge played an outstanding role with Kratos gave this character uh, who was very very two-dimensional a lot more dimension than we ever thought. The possible that's all he had that's all he had and he was having orgies that's all kratos was right and and he gave so much more dimension to that it's almost a foregone conclusion that he should have won i just thought you know maybe there was chance for an upset here but it didn't happen but you know look this man deserved it it obviously meant the world to him uh broke down a couple times you know dedicating the award to his kids and stuff and that you love to see that kind of thing you know it's it's very important that he takes it as seriously as we do as fans you know what i mean
1: yeah, I agree. I, I think that uh looking here at the categories, I think what's her name? Um uh Charlotte McBurney for Play Tale, played Amicia. Oh, for Amicia?
0: Yeah, yeah. she killed it, but she, she didn't show it. up. She yeah. didn't show up.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh actually Birch uh that's a weird nomination. Uh yeah, I ain't
0: gonna win that one. I'm But sorry. I
1: would say Logan Hannon got a little shafted here. He plays uh Hugo uh, I, no, was a, I was a Hugo, I was a Hugo I was a Hugo hater. I said, "Man, Hugo sounds terrible in this game." And then, like maybe twenty five percent of the way in, like Hugo took on a different, like he was killing it. He was out here going, "Amicia!"
0: Why, <laughs> Why every time you got to ruin I mean, great games? Why Amicia you was
1: this? on point. No, but I honestly think Logan <laughs> had to put a lot of uh, a lot of emotionality into the, the end of that game. Was all him, and he. Man, he killed it. He brought that game home. And so yeah, that he, got a little, he got a little snub there. But anyway, uh, moving on from there, uh, we have Best Audio Design coming to God of War Ragnarok. I'll go ahead and also say Best Score of Music also yeah. went to God of War Ragnarok. I, uh, I, 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 I can't say that I vehemently disagree with these choices, though I do think there are better choices here, including Elden Ring is honestly what I'm referring to. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Bear McCreary is is this this man makes makes great scores in music, and so you know, and you know, it, God of War has a very iconic sound, uh, the melody of the chanting and all that stuff like that. That stuff is that's like borderline Halo status. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like it. It, it's a big deal. So when you can create something like that, that's iconic. I think it's only natural you're probably going to win. But man, Elden Ring's music got busy. Man, Elden Ring's title music is you know that's the put your controller down and just and just soak it in type of moment. Well, that um, shit when
1: that first game came on, and then when the when the little move the little CGI uh, movie started, and mm-hmm. that music was playing, bro. Yeah, I dude. was ready to go out there and, and, and just be a tarnished, man. I am
0: about to <laughs> abandon my whole life and just become a tarnished. Yeah. I, I want to also say, I think a Plague Tale Requiem should have got more, more love just leading up to it. Because not only was the music great, but the sound cues, like, you know, without yes. getting into spoiler territory, with, with Hugo's affliction, let's just say, um, <laughs> they use a very specific violin sound to signify when that affliction is ramping up. And yeah. I think that is just absolutely brilliant. It's like
1: they used metal on the violin. To like oh, zzz, it's to so it grating, but it's it's yeah. so
0: unsettling in all the right ways. Like that kind of stuff is so creative to me. But, you know, again, I think at the end of the day, God of War Ragnarok had this one pretty much in the bag for both of them. I mean,
1: yeah, audio yeah.
0: design, I probably would have said from a 3D audio standpoint, I don't think God of War Ragnarok is the best on PlayStation. Uh, I thought it was okay I actually thought this might have been where Horizon Forbidden West or GT Seven or really anybody except God of War yeah, would have taken G- that one.
1: Racing games usually win these categories because of how everything the, is so finely tuned to the vi- yeah. To the, the detail and all is that. crazy,
0: man. Yeah, yeah, but that
1: didn't that, that that wasn't the case here. Yeah. Um, though I think uh, I don't. We don't have it here because we don't have all the categories. So I do think uh, GT Seven might win have best war- racing sports game. best yeah. racing sports game. Yeah, so I think it's well deserved mm-hmm. there. Um, also, I mentioned here before we get to the end of it. Uh, I, uh, uh, Cur- not Kirby, um, Mario, uh, uh, rabbits, sparks of hope. One of two categories there as well. So you know Shouts that's out. good for that game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let, let's move into the probably the the top uh, four categories here yeah. uh, of the night here, and that starts with best art direction. Elden Ring wins that. Shoo-in for sure nothing comes close to it i don't think anything comes close to it this year from top to bottom marco like like you mentioned before just an incredible work of art you know yeah i mean it
0: was just it was stunning to to see all the sites you know the exploration and the adventure wouldn't have been half as interesting if what you saw wasn't Visually interesting yep. that that game's world and, and aesthetic to me is just top tier stuff. And I didn't think yeah. that they had it in them, to be honest with you. No,
1: honestly, and, and it sounds like they didn't think that either because they had no idea. He, it's funny because they had no idea the game was going to be so good. And mm. uh, he said that he has no idea why <laughs> what he did <laughs> to make the game <laughs> this, this man way it is. stumbled
0: into greatness, man. Yeah, he was probably much. half drunk yeah. too. Look, I mean, I love you it. know, coming from high fantasy type of settings, you you wonder you know, what else do you have in the tank? And yeah. for them to have answered with something like this, which is high fantasy, but in such a unique way I've never really seen before. Like, that's just incredible stuff, man. So I agree, if I it agree. was a happy accident, man, congrats on the accident, bro.
1: I mean, I think I think he's being humble a little bit because I, I honestly, I think that, you know, Bloodborne and, and visually, artistically great. I, I think Dark true. Souls throughout have, have always had that going for them. And I I, Dark, Souls, Dark Souls 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. So I... I I, I think he's just being humble there um okay best narrative God of War Ragnarok I mean mm. you know uh, I think this is where we knew this was happening but I, I personally disagree uh I don't think um I don't think first of all I don't think the right nominees were, were presented here uh, and uh, I think that God of War has a very strong story it's just not the best of the year in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, and, and not to retread too much of what we said a couple episodes ago, but I think, you know, in a spoiler-conscious way, I'll say this. I think the father-son dynamic really carried what, to me, was a very toothless take on Norse mythology. I felt like the the gods were very over-humanized to the point of losing their grandeur, losing some of their menacing, you know, traits, and, and what makes, you know, all that Ragnarok crescendo... Um, worth kind of experiencing. I, I, I just felt like that game spent a lot of time being slow and meandering, but it was the Kratos-Atreus dynamic that kind of pulled through and pushed through a lot of the drier, uh, slower moments of that game. So I think it's a very flawed story uh, in its pacing and its story beats and with its conclusion. But um, I can see why it just has its hooks dug into people because of that father son dynamic. But I personally, I would have taken probably a plate tailor immortality over this easy.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, again, I maybe the the solution here would to not nominate. Horizon Forbidden West, and yeah. I get Elden Ring storytelling narrative is 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 good in terms of how they do it and world build, world building and all that good stuff. I just don't think it's true to the spirit of the award in terms of best yeah. narrative, especially when you look at past years. Uh, probably should have been in there. Xenoblade. So Xenoblade and Norco, I think, should have been the other two, honestly. Yeah, Norco uh, should have
0: definitely been in here. Yeah,
1: yeah. so, uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Even I think even if those games were in here, it would have be been more for a shout-out, because I still think out of where Ragnarok would have won this. All yeah, right.
0: this was theirs, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, the the, the biggest awards of the night. Uh, best Game Direction goes to Elden Ring. Um, yeah. Yeah, well deserved here. I think that this was the right call. Uh, when this happened, I thought that it was over because historically, usually they give a best game direction to one game and give this a game. Is a, of the this year. is the
0: runner-up trophy, basically. Yeah, yeah, they do this. <laughs>
1: they also do this with like Oscars, where the best director wins and then right. uh, another whole ass another movie wins. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's where we are here. Game direction, good call.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think for Elden Ring to do what it did for the open world, you know, action adventure RPG genre in such a way where it it really it was such a risky move, you know, going from the icon heavy breadcrumbs waypoints everywhere type of game to something very minimalist and very much willing to leave you alone and make you figure it out for yourself. Yeah. You know, I think that was a very bold design attempt that paid off in dividends for this game because, you know, now it's made us reevaluate. Ironically enough, one of its competitors in this in this uh, category, Horizon Forbidden West, and like the Assassin's Creed's of the world that just hit you with so much fluff and filler that you lose, you, you know, you, you lose your, your sense of, of immersion and engagement because it's just hitting you with everything all the time. Like this game really took its chances Letting you just figure it out for yourself, and, and man, it was it was crack cocaine juice, if, <laughs> if, if, if you ask me. But yeah, good good pick for sure.
1: Yeah, let's move on to the next last category of the night. There, uh, the biggest category, uh, yeah. which was Game of the Year, and that went to. Thankfully, I would say, because I think this legitimizes uh, the award show just a little bit. It'd be you were worried,
0: man. You were worried about this, yeah, thing.
1: because it just got awards War winning everything, but it, Elden Ring, Elden Ring won this. Okay. Um, I, I personally, this is a personal thing. I think Elden Ring is probably going to go down as one of the best games of the generation. Uh, and the fact yeah. that if, if it wouldn't have won Game of the Year, you you, you call into question a little bit as to what's happening here because. This
0: is, this would have been rough. Uh, I mean, let's call it what it is. It was the God of War awards for, for most of the night, you yeah, know? So yeah, it, yeah. it was a little nerve wracking because it was like, all right, is this just going to be, you know, a clean sweep of everything? But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, this was the right call uh, because of what I just said about the, uh, the game direction and, and a lot of other factors that this game did that just blew people away. Um, yeah. It might not have had the greatest story in the world. That's where sure. I think the biggest gap was, and it's gangsta. Um, to me, was like people have an emotional connection with God of War. They don't necessarily have an emotional connection with this. Not
1: in that way, no. Right.
0: So I think in the end, great gameplay won. I think at the end of the day, in my opinion, Um, yeah. But it was a close call. It was a close call.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think uh, as an award show. Personally, you might not have this as your favorite game of the year, or right. uh, but you have to, as an award show, I think it, it's good that publications. Re- Didn't fall into the trap of recency bias and also go the route that some do with being contrarians, which is an interesting thing about Elden Ring that usually you see a lot of people going against games that are getting high praise. Not a lot of people have taken that contrarian stance because you would sound like a fool. uh, Yeah, you have to embrace
0: greatness for what it is. You can't can't just be out here, you know, just because you're tired of hearing about Elden Ring does not mean it doesn't deserve to win awards.
1: and the industry is jaded. I'm just glad it's not so jaded to the point where you took an a, a game like Elden Ring and then not try to be like, well, it's actually not that good because it is that good. Uh, but yeah, yeah man, that's <laughs> that's 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 just what I got here for the award winners. I think uh, ultimately the show was really good on the awards front. I, I think that I I really wish that they did a little more with getting people up there to kind of they grab got, their awards, yeah, dude. Um, uh, but I think that instead of I think Pierce passed to be like, oh, by the way, just in case you guys didn't know, this game won Game of the Year. At least that they actually read out the nominees and yeah. then gave them a little bit of their time to shine in that way. Uh, and they had a pre-show. They could, if you do a pre-show and you just do awards after awards with the people there, like that'd be that'd be great. Uh, but yeah. the fact that they're still kind of struggling in that. But again, people come for the good stuff. That's the announcement, trailers, Marco. What do we got?
0: Yeah, let's jump into that next. And it uh, was quite a bit of stuff to talk about, man. There was some uh, pretty interesting games that we saw for the first time uh, and some updates about some games that we know about and we're excited about already. But let's jump right into uh what we saw first, which was Hades 2. We saw the debut trailer for that. Pablo, it's going to be early access coming later in 2023. Uh, what do you think about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, people like Hades. I think Hades was fine. Uh, I played a lot of it. I I enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, but you know, I I, I do think that and yeah, talk about contrarians and being <laughs> against going against a great... Mm-hmm. I do think the game was a little bit overrated uh, in some aspects. Uh, but then that has to go with kind of my taste. I'm not a roguelike like person to begin with. Uh, but yeah, I mean, cool Hades sure. too. I'm I'm not surprised this is happening. I'm actually happy it's happening because it's, it's 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 a good game. It's a good game, and it looks really cool uh but yeah
0: yeah yeah I would agree I mean I think I think look this is a, a first for Supergiant to make a sequel to anything um yeah. and if there was ever a reason to do that it would be for Hades I mean you can't deny the impact that that had when it came out and it it took over you know it was just the talk of the town and a game of the year darling and you can't walk away from a, a possible opportunity to run that back again so I'm glad they're doing that I agree with you that it, it isn't quite for me um I did have it in my 2020 top 10 list, but it was towards the bottom um, because again, like you, roguelikes just aren't my thing, but I do appreciate and respect the fact that it is getting a sequel and that it's going to make a lot of fans happy about it too. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to at least if I don't play it to at least see what people think of it and if it was a worthwhile sequel for them. Um, Yeah, for sure. So let's move on to the next one. uh, And that is the debut trailer of Judas. Uh, this is Ken Levine and Ghost Story Games' first official Woo! title, and uh, you know I know uh, I know somebody <laughs> who is pretty excited about that. Uh, so you know what? Let me uh, let me kick it over to you first. Tell me what yeah. you think about this, and and what what your immediate thoughts were.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I I, I want to know what exactly Ken Levine is doing here with the game because I know he's, he said a lot of things about the narrative of the game and how it's going to be completely different from how we experience the narrative games so I'm interested in that I still want to know about that but visually I'm also glad that Ken Levine is still staying within that visual uh, art style it does look like a Bioshock game in a way uh, and I love that I, I this game looks absolutely rad as shit I, I just don't know the details about the narrative too much but I love the way this game looks I think that the the, the trailer that they showed was super exciting. Uh, I think a lot of what they, a lot of what they're doing with the character and character design, was awesome. Uh, And I'm, I'm cannot wait for this 2023. Supposedly. Uh, It, it, it definitely got me by the, it got me by the loins here. Uh, Mm. Though I I do know that people were like, Oh, this is just, just call it Bioshock. And I think what's going to differentiate that is if what he's bragging about when it comes to the uh, to the narrative isn't just a Ken Levine type of uh, over-estimation uh, of something and then it just being, it's just Bioshock uh, in a different light. But even if it's just Bioshock, a Ken Levine Bioshock game is, I love it. Can't wait. What do you think, Mark? I am interested to see what you think. Because I know you like, you like Bioshock. You're less of a fan of Ken Levine in terms of uh, the, the, his later stuff. Because um, I've been a Ken Levine fan since like, swat for like you know like back in the day <laughs> all right stop but bragging yeah.
0: man um here's the thing here's the thing um i would be it would be wrong of me to not keep the same energy that i had when i talked about him when the jason schreier report came out about him being an absolute asshole in the yeah. workplace oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: um you know th- there's that book that- i
1: read that book yeah
0: that that that's a big that's a big dark cloud for me. I'm not saying it is for everybody else, but for me it is because I look at that game and I go, "Wow, that looks really cool." I wonder how many people are complete mental wrecks because of what <laughs> Ken Levine has put them through. Um so, you know, listen, I think even if I'm casting that aside, right, and I look at the game itself, okay. You created a new IP to make a game that looks and plays like the ip you just left behind what are we doing here you know like i don't mind that he has a the ken levine art style i'm cool with that what i'm not necessarily understanding or connecting the dots about is you're not naming this a shot game right people are saying well it's bioshock in space guess what guys he already did that it's called system System shock shock. right so what exactly are we supposed to make of this when it's when it looks <laughs> and, and feels and, and sounds like Bioshock, but it's not. That's the thing to me. So, I mean, look, if if we're gonna call this a seminal moment because like the way that Jeff Keighley made it sound when he hyped up, you know, before the trailer went up, that's fine. But I have a lot of questions about what this game is trying to be and yeah. how how much the Ken Levine trying to make an art house kind of, you know, Tribeca kind of game that just it's trying to be more, more impressive than it is good. Like, that's my biggest concern with this game. Sure, so I, 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 I have a lot I, of reservations here.
1: No, I, I think that's fair. I, I just think, um you know, when 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 uh Destiny, when they when Bungie pulled away from Halo made Destiny. You know, it looked like Halo in a lot of ways. I, I just think that's his visual art style. And I think there might be some kind of thing there where he's trying to outdo the the Bioshock thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I, again, I, I agree. I, I'm super hyped for this. I thought it was some of the moment because I've been waiting for Ghost Story Games to finally show out their game. But I want to know exactly what he's talking about when it comes to the narrative stuff, that he's he's hyping
0: that up and didn't talk about yeah. it, which, you know, but it is what it is. Well, uh Thoughts and prayers of that team. Sorry for the crunch. Uh, yeah. Though <laughs> no, okay. no, it's taken a long,
1: like nine years. So I don't know if that's based on maybe bettering the work environment, but I, I doubt it.
0: <laughs> uh, mm. But w- yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we will. Let's move on, man. Ba- uh, Bayonetta Origins uh, gets a debut trailer. It's a fairy tale prequel of Bayonetta as a child. It's watercolor style, top down action. Coming March 17th. Um, any thoughts about this one? Yeah, Bayonetta three could have been great, and I still would have looked at this like what? (laughs) This was weird to me, man. Like, yeah, why? I don't get. I don't know. I I really don't know. I don't know. I mean, the fact that it took so long for Bayonetta three to come out in the first place, and now you're gonna follow that up literally months later with with another game. That's weird to me, dude. Is it the same dev? I don't know. I don't even know. I didn't. I, I, frankly, I tuned out a little bit. This was this was <laughs> damn near piss break material for me at this point. Also, just,
1: it looked cool, but it looks like a lot of other
0: stuff. You know, kind of did. Yeah. yeah, it just didn't look like it was very Bayo to me. But, right, right, you know, right. Hey, exactly. maybe this art style will make the you know the game a little easier on the eyes than. the also, And also, it's weird, that, also it's weird that
1: Bayonetta in herself is an over sexualized. Uh, person is, also she yeah. she's like a very like mo- like a very free spirit yeah uh, person and we're gonna see her as
0: a child yo this is yeah it's like bayonetta before the whole phase it's weird. <laughs> suicide wow. squad <laughs> kill the justice league gets a new trailer and a release date of may 6 2023 pablo as a uh as as a comic book man uh what do you yeah. think about this one
1: i love this trailer because what it was it was uh honoring uh kevin conroy and his batman it was his last performance as batman because he did pass away uh so that was cool i think it actually did a lot for me with the tone of it i thought hit uh boomer- uh captain boomerang and, and like accidentally cutting off uh the flash's finger uh while he was trying to threaten him i think that kind of stuff is like it was like oh this is a lot funnier than i thought it would be but once again the great rock steady studios shows off a CGI trailer without any gameplay in a game that's months away. Like, what are they hiding here? I'm still on the I'm still on that boat here. I I think it's weird that they decided to show more CGI and not show gameplay for a game that was supposed to come out this year. So yeah,
0: yeah. At this point, I'm, it's I'm getting frustrating. It. Yeah, yeah, it's like re- reveal the game in full, man. Can we can we see this game? Like honestly. It's getting ridiculous now. Like they have been so like reclusive that even these teases, like okay, cool. It's nice to see the game again. It's nice to know when it's coming out. But, but and the, can and I the totality see the of it? Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. To me, this I, I, again, I'm not a big comic book person, so I, I really don't have any intention of buying this. But it right, just same. it was still frustrating. Of- you know yeah, but,
1: but, tonal- but what what kind of got me with tonality of it like them being irreverent to the superheroes is cool like cutting off the flash's fingers is crazy when you think about it within mm. the context of the comic book world so i like that there's an irreverence for the material in a very um in, in a very uh james gunn kind of way like he did with uh suicide squad and i suppose uh, and, yeah and, and and i like that but i want to see the game i don't i want to see the gameplay of it so
0: yeah yeah well, we'll be waiting a while for that happens. Uh so Barely. but we did see Star Wars Jedi Survivor got a debut trailer, release date, March seventeenth, twenty twenty three. Pablo, this one was actually a pretty big hit with the gaming community. Um how straight, did you feel though?
1: Straight fire, dude. Uh, the way I feel about uh Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is okay, quintessential. Eight out of ten game uh, in many aspects. I don't think it. A lot of people were like, "Oh my god, that was amazing!" I, I, it was good. I, I think that this is taking all the stuff it learned from that game and then putting it into a a much better game because this looks crazy, and yeah. respawn has a really good track record with. Uh, you know, Titanfall and Titanfall Two, how they those missed. two games are like, yeah, they're, they're so they're and they and they improve. Titanfall One to Titanfall Two is day and night almost. Uh, it's still the same base core game, but the narrative stuff on that is awesome. So I'm I'm super excited for this. The trailer did a lot for me. I think him going full on with those uh, force powers did a lot for me. It, it it was really good. It looked really crazy. I I was excited for this in that oh cool another sequel, but now I'm anticipating it in a way that I wasn't before. Cause this gotcha. trailer did a lot for me. Yeah,
0: yeah, I thought this trailer was great. I thought they, it was a really well made trailer. It it definitely shows what they have done to evolve the game from from its origins uh the presentation looks out of this world which is great to see and respawn again i just think they have been in, in a almost a undefeated stride like some of their games might not be for everybody but you can't say they've ever made a bad video game before and Straight that's up. pretty cool uh they, so i gotta give them let credit me a question did you play the first one i dabbled um but you know i think because of the souls elements that it has to it it just didn't captivate me like that so no, I, I didn't yeah. really get into it very far
1: Okay, I, I I think it's worth trying giving it a go if, if ever you're bored. Uh, just bumping that down to easy, I think, uh, just kind of mm. going through it. Because uh, I think Survivor is going to be special, but again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it depends. If this game gets, like, great reviews, then I might double back and go check out the first one if I know I want to play the sequel. But we'll yeah. see what happens, though. Uh, up next, the creators of Celeste show their faces again with a game Woo! called Earth Blade. Debut trailer, but 2024 is yeah. uh, is the release window so we're still a ways off pablo but nevertheless as a celeste fan how you feel yeah
1: yeah they they've announced the name of the game like i think earlier this year but with no nothing didn't show anything so when i saw Earthplay was being shown i'm like oh here we go i think it looks mm. awesome um i i i am a fan of celeste because its gameplay is great but it's because the way that they've incorporated their storytelling into their gameplay uh and i'm really excited to see what they do with earthblade being that i am not the biggest metroidvania fan and this is what this looks like i'm not concerned i'm just kind of like i really hope the story is really good to keep me enthralled because it's going to be it's going to be a, a little bit of a it's going to be work for me and but I, I i'm super excited they're back they got something else cooking 2024 is a long ways away, but it looks good so far for the show. It looked ready, so I the I, I don't know. It looks awesome. I I I'm really excited for more of this because Celeste was phenomenal.
0: I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I thought this was kind of underwhelming. Really? Um, yeah. I think if if you didn't tell me this was from the makers of Celeste and I saw this trailer, I would this would glaze over in my brain. Like if this was on like a Nintendo it looks like Direct, other stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't have batted an eye at this at all. I would have been like, "Yep, there's another 2D pixel art uh, side-scrolling Metroidvania-looking game." I don't,
1: I don't disagree. Yeah.
0: So I think, I think what I'm most curious about is, is there some type of unique hook to this game that we don't know about? I know they had like mirrors in that game, so there was something up with that, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something to be. To me, it just looks a little bit boilerplate. For now, for now. It's still yeah. early. I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt because they did drop Celeste and Celeste is is a beast out here. But like this looked a little bit a little bit average to me, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm yeah, not I mean, gonna. Look, I'm not I, gonna put a. I'll put a pin in that for now, and I'll, I'll wait it out. But you
1: know. yeah, I mean, look. If you look at Celeste's art style, I, I think it's beautiful and it's unique. But there's, it's comparable to other kind of indie side scrolling games as well. So mm-hmm. I think that the 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 success of Celeste could be the success of Earthblade in in its gameplay and how it feels and how and how they tell their story. But again, like I don't disagree with that assessment at all. But I am excited because of the pedigree of the studio and what they did gotcha. with Celeste. So yeah.
0: All right. Well, up next, Jeff Keeley does this big buildup of, oh, this person's a visionary. This per-. All of a sudden you hear he the click clacking of stiletto heels on stage, and it's ho-ass Kojima. Kojima, yeah. if you shall, he debuts the trailer of Death Stranding yeah. 2. Um, Pablo, I have thoughts, but I want to kick it to you first. Go ahead and get it out of the way. Tell me this game's going to be amazing and so I can start talking. <laughs> I love Death Stranding. There uh, we go. For all its warts. There we I go. I love
1: it. I know it's not perfect. I love it. Death Ready 2 trailer was, you know, poppycock fucking... Weird ass bullshit, yeah, and I God. love every I love every moment of it. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I don't know what uh, fragile is telling Porter about what to going her on an adventure. Yeah, going on the going on a uh, going. You need to come on this adventure with me. I don't know anything. I think all that looks crazy. Uh, and that man's hair is blonde or white. I don't know. That looks stupid. Can't wait. I love it, man. I am a fan no spine. of. I am a fan. I, I'm just a fan of Kojima's. Like, like he has nobody telling him no, and you can tell. Um, yeah. I hope my, my my hope for this game, in all honesty, is that the gameplay is improved in a way where it feels a lot more like Metal Gear Solid, uh, especially in uh, uh, five in Phantom Pain. Uh, Kojima's been Kojima's known for his story, but he showed a lot of of he he, he could do a lot with gameplay if really put really he puts his mind to it. Um i'm hoping that level of of um, of improvement i don't think i want to i know i know i don't i don't want to death stranding 2 again where i'm doing exactly the same thing with packages i'm sure there's going to be that but there's got to be more and i think that the director's cut has shown some stuff that he's playing with in terms of the big open air the the inside areas that he's shown um uh, so there's hope for that uh but I am, I am. I, I would be, I would be lying if I said that I wasn't excited to see more for uh, for Death Stranding 2.
0: Man, this shit was irritating. Um, I thought that Death Stranding 2's trailer was, it was going right back to the same playbook with Death Stranding 1 that made that game seem like the most obscure game in the world that no one could make heads or tails about until it came out. And even then yeah. it was still abstract, right? Yeah, I, It feels like he's going right back to the same playbook all over again. There was all this build-up where he had the, the silhouettes of faces and who and what and where and when. All this build-up when everybody and their mother knew. My mother knew. She was like, Honey, is he making Death Stranding too-? Yes, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> is he a hoe? He's still a hoe, Mom. He's still a hoe and it was the same thing again man it's like okay here's a bunch of weird imagery now there's an octopus in the tank that bb used to be in now you made it into a little aquarium and now the baby's acting all weird and he came out of the the throat again but he's got black goop going down his eyes i'm like all right now there's a big ass ship that looks like metal gear but it's not metal gear it, it he's, he's like, like it metal gear. He, i left some easter eggs in there for you to find i ain't finding shit but I'm look, not falling for this again, dude. I'm sorry. But, like these Mark, trailers I, are they're fucking are, gobbledygook to me. You're it's a, a bunch life of lifelong obs- Dog, this is nonsense. Um Hey, look, if you're a Death Stranding fan, you got a sequel. You got a lot to be excited about. More power to you. Salute. But this I'm not falling for this trap again. But, I'm not going to okay. watch seven more trailers of things that don't make any damn sense to play the game. Yeah, and it's still not make any damn sense. No, I'm That's not That's true.
1: It. I agree with that. But you are a lifelong Kojima fan. When has any trailer he's ever put out made any sense? He just does that shit on purpose. He'll he'll take a scene from the middle of the game, put it in the beginning. Like it's all out of context stuff. And you're right because the end result of the previous times is a good game and death stranding is is a lot of things uh maybe not a great game maybe not even a good game but it's a game that i enjoyed nonetheless uh but i i I agree though i do i do think death stranding 2 has to be a little more coherent i think the gameplay has to have a little more
0: improvement um and i hope he finds that i i hope he does we'll see we will see uh, real quick yeah. we'll move on to Tekken 8 we saw a brief gameplay reveal of that one uh, we're not we're not a fighting game show whatsoever but I thought it was interesting just to see you know Tekken is a it's a it's a storied franchise it came back it's it's looking pretty good though um, so I'm, I'm I'm happy to see that it's shaping up so nicely for fans but that's really all I have to say about it what about you yep I echo that okay yeah uh, Fire Emblem Engage. We see a new trailer with a bit of the expansion pass content previewed there as well. Some stuff from Three Houses was a part of it as well. Um, I don't really have any huge takeaways about this. I'm still looking forward to the game. I think this trailer, to me, was kind of a non-starter, though. Uh, it didn't really, yeah, yeah. It didn't hurt or or help the game, in my opinion, at all. It was just nice to see more of it again. But that's all I yeah, have to say.
1: I just think Nintendo needs to stop this DLC shit. Like, the, the three-wave DLC stuff that... That gives you cosmetics. It, it. I bought the one for uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, and it's kind of a waste of money, honestly, because it just really doesn't add that much to the game. And they do this yeah. all the time, especially with the RPGs like that. I don't know why they do that. Uh, well, I, I know why they do that—try to get yeah. more money. But it's just, it's just, it's lame. It's lame.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I got to agree with that a little bit too. It's, it, it just seems like you know, for games that are as, as, as demanding time-wise as these are too like it's just hard yeah. to want to come back and play that 90 hour game all over again because a new content pack dropped like that's just it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. realistic no um moving on diablo 4 gets a new cg trailer a little on-stage performance from halsey who i guess is going to be lilith in the game and it's getting a release date of 6 six twenty-three. uh pablo any thoughts on diablo 4's uh new release date and trailer
1: yeah, they did a nice job here with the trailer and then they kind of compiled that with the fact that the previews came out the day before and it pre- pretty much everybody's singing its praises. Really looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, um, same. Um, I-, I wish that we saw gameplay and not just a CG trailer. That was a little deflating for me. Um, yeah. But, you know, Diablo 4 is is probably going to be a good hit so I-, I don't think it stands to lose anything. Um 6 Pablo, you know... I'm starting to get a little bit suspicious about next year's release dates. Why is everything dropping around the same time? What's going on? Is there something happening later in the year that people are are trying to keep away from? Like, why is everything happening in the middle of the year? Zelda, Final Fantasy, Diablo? Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's weird. I think
1: it's what somebody said, it was Jason Schreier, as a matter of fact, on his his dry-ass podcast, Uh, (laughs) sorry, that... um, he says what's happening now is that all these games that were delayed in 2020 and 2021 are coming out and they have to hit a target as early as possible because they've mm. been losing money for for two years straight. That's what's happening. And a lot of the June stuff is because it's the last possible moment for a lot of these games to come out.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it's looking so, scary right now.
1: Yeah, it's not really about getting out of the way stuff because you would think getting out of the way of Zelda would probably be best nobody's really afraid of starfield uh or redfall so that's not it uh mm-hmm. but that kind of concerning for the for those games as well where it's like man when is starfield going to drop uh in between all these games uh yeah. so yeah it's going to
0: be crazy now i want to take a brief pause right here pablo because i think you know coming off the of heels of diablo 4 the activision and, and xbox correlation here i think this is a good little little, little intermission here to, to to say some things about xbox uh, yeah. not being a part of this show in any meaningful capacity. Um I'm really frustrated with that, actually. I think this was to be a no show to this extent, to not have anything from a first party standpoint to, to present at this award show to me was a gigantic missed opportunity and, and really an indictment against how, awful of a year they have made this from a software standpoint the fact that you can't put hellblade out here which is a which is a place with jeff Keeley you've done before you can't show us a new trailer for redfall nothing from starfield nothing from anything was shown here from an Xbox first party studio. And I think that's unacceptable. You know, I understand things are a little weird right now with the Activision Blizzard acquisition and everybody's trying to look a certain way image wise to, to make the deal go through or not go through. But whatever, <laughs> for, for you to have Phil Spencer at this show, and not have anything representing Xbox at this show other than some cloud commercial that, you know, Game Pass is going to be on Samsung TVs and that's all you brought to the table on an, in an event where you got PlayStation games racking up awards, Nintendo games pulling in awards and you got jack shit but Phil Spencer sitting in a chair. That to yeah. me is unacceptable. How do you feel though? Yeah,
1: I they keep talking up 2023 and this is pretty much the last Time in 2022 in the industry that you can talk about your future games, and they decided not to do that is weird. I it's I don't know if it's concerning, but it is definitely a weird tactic uh, to not talk about what you have coming down the pike when it's really do or die for you. You know, right. uh, especially like you said, a lot of PlayStation uh, SIE games have been dominated. To to counteract that would been to show. uh more Starfield to show Redfall again, even if it's even if it's like the third or fourth time you see it, who cares? To read to show um, uh, Hellblade, you know, th- like you said, this is the place where Hellblade uh, uh, came out. Uh, it was debuted, revealed. Also, the Xbox Series X was revealed right. at the at the Game Awards, so they have a partnership there. They the do. fact that nothing they did, nothing. Um, I don't know. I thought that was weird. Maybe they thought they'd be overshadowed by the awards, and, and, and they wanted to stay away from being compared to, to, oh, got awards and all that stuff. Maybe that's it. But again, this is not just an award show anymore. It's, a, it's an announcement. It's a trailer show. It's a show about the future of gaming, and you've talked all about your future and decided not to show up to the event that caters to that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know, and it's not doing any favor for the brand. You know, if you keep saying in all this documentation with the yeah. acquisition, well, we're fourth, we're, you know, PlayStation is number. well, you're not doing yourself any favors by not having a presence in events where you have millions and millions of people watching. Yeah, you know, like you cannot just be an onlooker of this type of stuff. You have to be a participant. As a brand, as a company, so there's no excuse for that at all, and I think they really yeah. dropped the ball. And that's why I said earlier they just don't seem like themselves right now. They seem like they're they're yeah, just yeah, yeah. very distracted, uh, and it's it's not looking good for them right now. But let's it's a, let's, it's, let's
1: It's the same kind of issue that I have always had with Sony when they skip E3. Like, right. it feels kind of like about them and not really about us, the consumer. Like mm-hmm. this is where we all kind of unite uh, you, you like to see. Uh, more games and the right. fact you're not showing them it's like we'll do when we're ready it's kind of feels shitty and it feels the same way here
0: yeah for me it feels like you know microsoft just seems a little shook right now for some reason I, or another they feel a little bit shook and i, I don't I, know. i think they I, feel
1: the pressure i they, I, do. they have to the, fir- the first half of the year they have supposed two bangers that are supposed
0: to be bangers and if they're mm-hmm. not that's a problem yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, but let's keep on moving here. Let's get back into the swing of things with the announcements and trailers. We saw that Horizon Forbidden West is in fact getting DLC called Burning Shores, which takes place in LA. It is a PS5 only uh, piece of expansion content. It will not be coming to last gen consoles. And it will be dropping in April, uh, April nineteenth to be exact. Any thoughts on this one?
1: No, not really. I uh, don't care. Uh, just because, uh, <laughs> just because I. I I'm not finishing Forbidden West. I, I, I tried, and you guys know I tried, and I just feel the same way about this game that I feel about Horizon Zero Dawn. And I'm, I'm glad that the fans, because I'm not saying the game is bad all around, just not for me. And I'm glad the fans are getting more. I know that the last one for the uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I forgot what it's called. Winter Wonderland or something. No, I'm just kidding. Something about that. <laughs> not the Winter uh, Wonderland, bro. People like that, so that's cool. <laughs> I think it's weird it's only coming out on PS5, specifically because it's a game that came out on PS4 as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, leaving those people out in the cold a little bit, uh, that sucks, but I'm sure there's reasons for it. And that's exciting, you know, seeing a... a n- we're actually going to see a next-gen-only first-party PlayStation mm-hmm. uh, thing, which is not something that's ha- been happening lately. So.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a little... I think it's a little interesting. I, I think part of it is because they believe, Sony that is, believes that they're going to turn around their shortage pretty soon. So I think now is yeah. the time where they, they want to start turning the corner when it comes to incentivizing people to make the transition to PS5 by and saying, that... okay, you can, you can only get this here, right? Right. So maybe that's what it is. Um, either way, to your point, not for me. Um, I'll be interested to see how good it is. And maybe if I ever see it on sale somewhere somewhere down the line, I might pick it up just to see what they do next with the story. So but it, That's all I can say, though.
1: F- it's funny you say that because I am really curious because even though PlayStation had a huge presence here. It didn't show Spider-Man. It didn't show anything about 2023. Mm-hmm. And the only thing we know about PlayStation first party games next year is Spider-Man. That's well, all they, we
0: know. They did show... Um, I don't have it on our thing, but they did show um, the Horizon VR game. Uh, and they did, know, announce, they did announce PC versions of Returnal and The Last of Us Part no, no, but 1 I, as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, but like PlayStation 5 console exclusives for next year.
0: Oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, look, I think maybe they were just more content with being nominated in so many ways that they felt like yeah, that's yeah, enough yeah, no, for, for us. Sure. I don't know. But, but um, what if
1: they, I'm just worried about them in that sense, because they had a lot of fire this year and next that year true. They don't have a lot. They do don't they, have anything. Just yeah, they it, unload the, the clip.
0: Like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a fair concern. We'll have to see. Cause uh, we're going to need some answers on that sooner than later. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Jim Ryan. Um, moving on. We get the debut trailer of crime boss, rock city. Uh, it takes place in nineteen nineties Florida. Uh, seems like the epitome of an irreverent game, almost Saints Row like in, in in some respects. Has a lot of uh, uh, actors and and former musicians. Uh, Danny partaking. Glover, uh, Danny Glo- D- Danny Glover, Vanilla Ice, if you if you dare, uh, are in this game. Pablo, look- what? what what the fuck? This looks to
1: me like a combination of Saints Row meets uh, L.A. What's that game? L.A. The fighting game that became Sleeping Dogs.
0: Uh, L.A. Noir? No, no, not L.A. Noir. I don't remember. Anyway, but it's remember. like
1: those like irreverent GT Grand Theft Auto likes. But this is a first-person shooter. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of it. I think a lot of it. You know, Vice City being an example right. is interesting. The, the the acting, the actors, the Danny Glover stuff, like, set me off because of the Lethal Weapon and uh, having Danny Trejo being in the Dragon and Michael Madsen, who's a psychopath, being in the game. Uh, Vanilla Ice is crazy. I think the game has a lot of things going for it, but also, I would not be surprised if this is a game that comes out and is just a complete mess of the game uh Yeah, so I we'll mean, see. hey, look,
0: we'll- yeah, I mean, look, Ice is back with a brand new edition. And, and, uh, any stop. <laughs> <laughs> where are you going? Uh, yeah, this was weird for me. Uh, you know what I think it was that, that that ruined it? It was the, it was like the little act out in the beginning when they had Michael Madsen and the two dudes next to him. Out of the gate, the one guy fumbled his line. And after that, I, and then the other guy was way, he was like, Conor McGregor on cocaine. It was just over Which the is top,
1: crazy. Because Conor McGregor's always on cocaine,
0: yeah. right? Uh, but this this guy like drank it, and then Michael madsen he's just he no He's he looked like he was about on his second sheet to the wind, and you know it's like, all right, what is this shit? And then we get it, and it's like, okay, it's, he's uh, like, yeah, I, I was in a picture make. with Al Pacino, Donnie Brasco. Look it up, goddamn it! Like, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, sir. screaming at the kids man um Um, let's keep moving though man let's keep moving cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty gets a trailer we find out it has idris elba in it and it's coming out next year as planned thoughts pablo
1: i I like the way they played that up the same way they played it when they introduced uh keanu reeves where Mm -hmm. the camera kind of pans up and it's like is that fucking keanu reeves same thing with idris elba like is that idris elba super excited they're putting a lot into this. This almost looks like a sequel. Uh, yeah. the way they're talking about it. And I hope that it I hope that it, I hope this is what Blood and Wine was to Witcher 3. Uh 20 hour experience that could have easily been a spin-off sequel kind of game. Um, this will do a lot for the legacy of Cyberpunk 2077. It's it always has a hard, uh, a very steep hill to climb in terms of kind of forgetting the launch since it was so disastrous. Uh, I think that this could do that for them. And I hope it does. It looks awesome. It looks absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this looked great. Um, you know, I never doubt their ability at CD Projekt to create good trailers. I think, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding when you actually get the game in your hands and how does it feel, how does it play, how is it performing, right? I think they know they got to deliver here. They can't fuck around. They cannot come out with another botched release and and continue the legacy of, of errors of Cyberpunk. They have to really Robert capitalize players. on that upswing that happened with, with Edge Runners. Um, and the the patchwork they did to get the uh, core game up to speed. So I hope they can pull together uh, a really good experience. And having another talent like uh, Idris Elba is a really cool way to do that too. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, Armored Core Six: Fires of Rubicon gets a debut trailer. Uh, it's from from Software. It is coming out next year. Uh, this was one of the ones that Jeff Keighley did one of his like boner moments for before he showed us the trailer um and uh it was all cg but you know he almost cried (laughs) he did he 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 started choking back some tears man and jeff look jeff already looks like he cried before uh he got on stage when you know he saw how how things were going (laughs) yeah
1: yeah uh i uh from software it's a pedigree man a lot like uh like Earthblade, where it's all about the pedigree for me i i I've dabbled in Armour Core games. I know Armour Core Five was particularly a bad game. Uh, Three was the better one. Four uh, was also bad. So you know, it's it's weird to think from, from software has had bad luck with Armour Core, um, but they have. And this was all CG, but it was a vibe, man. It looked it looked super dope to me. I'm always going to be excited from a, from a software game. Uh, I. I I just I wonder what this game is going to be, how it's going to play like, uh, because the play is very different from any kind of Souls games at all. Period. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm interested. I think I think um, I think it's exciting uh, because it's a a new game from From Software already in 2023, right on the heels of Elden Ring. So there's a game that I know they've been working on for a very long time. So excited to see what it actually uh, how it pans out.
0: Man, this didn't do a damn thing for me. Listen, here's the thing. I think that if you're going to bring back Armored Core, I don't know if the way to do it is to name it Armored Core 6. I think it's been a while, right? I think, especially if you're trying to, you know, attract the From Software fans to something new and different, I don't know if, if making a part 6 of something is the way you're going to get people to be, you know, all in. Because you're gonna people are going to feel like, what am I missing? i, I never played right. an Armored Core before. What is it like? How does it play? What are we doing? And I, I felt like this trailer was cool but it probably should have been more gameplay to answer some of those questions for people that don't know what the square root of fuck armor core even is right (laughs) Um, because when all you see is a big robot in a post-apocalyptic world you're like okay you know again if you don't know any better you don't know any better so look i think it's cool that it's happening um, I'm not quite ready to to jump out on a limb and say that because from software is making this game it's going to be excellent. I don't know. Um met games are traditionally extremely niche. Um almost to a fault. And how they're going to overcome that is going to be very interesting to see. I just wish we could have maybe seen how they're going to overcome yeah. that with the trailer that has showed more than CG.
1: But I don't think they I don't think they I don't think they necessarily need to I don't think they necessarily need to overcome the niche or like kind of like how obtuse the game plays. Uh, I think that's probably why it's still a six on there. I don't think they're trying to reinvent armor core. I think that this is just another entry into the game, and it's going to be it's going to be hardcore. And I, yeah, and if that's the case, cool. More power to you. I'm not playing it. Um, I Just because I, I know that I don't like those games like that. Uh, but yeah. I, I do. There is something about some software that I, I have to I have to admit that is exciting. And I got really hyped for what I saw just because I'm interested to see what they do. But if you think about it, the fact that it is still 6 the fact that, like you said, our, our co- bet games are niche to begin with. I think that this is probably going to be, if you're comparing it to an action adventure game, this is going to be like their... Gran Turismo sim uh mm. fight simulator game in that it's very, very, very niche and very hard to play. Yeah. Uh if I yeah, if I'm if I'm being honest.
0: Alright. Well last but not least, Pablo, Yoshi P hits the stage with the fit of fits. Um that man's He alive. looked like he didn't care about none of y'all. He knew he had the uh, an amazing game and he he just looked so relaxed. Like I'm just i'm just here to be the shit really and you know here's a trailer and so final fantasy 16 gets the revenge trailer uh and a release date officially of june 22nd 2023 another one of those mid-year releases so uh pablo in your humble opinion uh how did this look to you and and how you feeling overall
1: yeah man it looks amazing um already i'm already all about this game to begin Mm. with but this kind of Showed a lot of more of the gameplay. Some of the story stuff uh was looked really interesting. I I'm all about it, man. I don't need to see it anymore. Uh, at this point, I'm I'm sold, and I thought, I I think the previous trailer, the one that was shouting all the uh, summons names, I thought that was the better trailer, but this was just, this was pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think what I noticed is I think the, in, the, the polish looks a lot better now compared yeah. to before. It looks a lot cleaner, sharper, more detailed than I saw last time around, so I'm happy about that. But I agree, I don't need to see any more now. I know it's coming, I know it's going to be great. I know Yoshi P is out here um just ready to dazzle us so i'm i'm ready for it man so yeah it looks good and i can't wait to play it um now that is going to bring us to a close on all of the announcements trails but before we go pablo i want to ask you just on on a whim here top three favorite games you saw and what was the bootiest game that you saw
1: like for uh for the announcements
0: yeah top three for me no uh... order, just the three huh no order it doesn't be a first second third just yeah any, any uh
1: three. Judas. Okay. Uh, Cyberpunk, Phantom, okay. uh, Liberty, and Final Fantasy. Those okay. are probably
0: my, my, my three right there. What's the bootiest one you saw?
1: The bootiest one I saw was, pr- I'm not gonna do that to Horizon. He could stay, uh, he could stay home. Okay. Uh, probably probably Fire Emblem but I'm gonna go ahead and just say Bayonetta Origins okay. Uh, okay. as, 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 it, as it that that almost wrapped up our friendship was, and was the show was pretty bad
0: man. okay alright yeah. yeah okay yeah I'd say mine are probably Final Fantasy Cyberpunk and I, I'd say uh, I'd say probably Star Wars Jedi Survivor even though it's really not yeah. for me for me Uh, and the bootiest yeah, yeah. one Death Stranding 2 I'm sorry but get that out, just that. It.
1: Bayonetta Origins is a story about a little girl who becomes a slap <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'll take that over tentacle porn that kojima yeah, had right. in his hoe ass game hey Nasty. real quick <laughs> real quick what do you think about the show what give it a grade um i, I i'll crazy. say b minus i think it was a solid show i think what screwed it up was when the Chris the christopher judge speech went too long it felt like I felt rushed, like Jeff felt rushed, and it just bothered me the rest of the way because you could see he was speeding through everything, everything, everything's going so fast. Like, and he kept referring back to it over and over again. Like you could tell he was kind of salty about it in a way. Yeah, it was but, too you know, long. it just bothered me from a presentation standpoint that that it was something that just affected everything else like a domino effect. Um, but the show itself, in terms of the winners and the losers and the trailers, I thought was pretty good overall. So I'll say B minus. about yeah, I agree. You? I, I'm. I'll go a little higher and say B. Okay. Uh, I thought it was good. I
1: thought I thought that the the awards that that portion was good, but I think that the announcements. Uh, I think we saw a lot more good than we saw bad. I mean, when we just asked me to pick the bootiest one out of all of them, and I kind of struggled a little bit to find something that was like completely
0: trash. You know, mm. uh, you know, but um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Solid show, yeah, man. All right, all right, Kayla. you did your thing. Okay, you, you, you're all right. You're all right, but you know. Uh, tone down the anger and passive aggressive jabs at christopher judge the man will clothesline you in a second um that 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 is uh gonna wrap up this week's show ladies and gentlemen hope you enjoyed it until next time be sure to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed uh what we had this week Uh, and if you want to catch our end of year coverage plus don't forget to follow us on ig twitter and hive if you're so inclined at it's cooldown time so that will always be in your fov uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week and have a good one. Make me feel good.